All right, good morning, everybody. It looks like we got a whopping 12 watching. We are back at it. Welcome to the Gnostic Church and Academy of Lord Jesus Christ. I am your teacher of the mysteries and preacher of the heart, Marty Leeds. And I got a new hat. It's one of those, like, Frenchy hats, or maybe, like, you're starting a bar brawl in some Celtic bar. You know, you've had one too many Guinness. It's one of those kind of hats. Anyway, welcome all. Thank you all for being here. The Laundromat, Lindsay Chapman. Daniel Stearns, Julie Padal, Eric C., James DeWayne. Thank you all for being here. I really appreciate it. Today we're going to be discussing a lot of stuff. This is probably going to be a long one. Ooh. Well, wait a second. <laughs> Just, hey, Jennifer, the phone's ringing. Can you grab it? <laughs> this is the kind of professional church that we run here is that uh, the phone goes off in the middle of it. So... Anyway, um, welcome to Sunday service. Uh, so we do service at 9 a.m. Central Standard Time. Um, hold on, i got to grab this. My Lord. It's in my bag. <laughs> Quality control here. at the. It's in my, the, it's underneath that. Yeah, can you just take in the other room and shut it off? Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> anyway, we do church uh, services, 9 a.m. Central Standard Time. I was on a break for the last month, and we're going to talk about uh, our trip to Germany, and uh, we went to the Czech Republic and or Czechoslovakia. What do they call it these days? Who really knows? And we went to France, Francais, and uh, so we're going to talk about um, our trip. I'm just going to show a bunch of pictures and videos and stuff like that, but before we actually get into a lot of the... the church images and stuff like that, I want to go over a, a, a boatload of symbolism that that I saw over there. Now that I'm really hip to this stuff and I've spent basically a lifetime investigating and researching this stuff, I know a little bit now, you know, I'm not completely idiotic. And so we saw a ton of symbolism over there and I want to cover that first and foremost. So this is going to be a long live stream. I'm, you know, playing catch up, being gone a, a month. So um, so yeah, this will, this will be a long one. So, um, thank you all for being here. Let's do a prayer. And then I've got some, uh, just some announcements I want to make and talk about a few things and then we'll get into it. Okay. Dear Lord, may I be willing to learn from others whom you have placed in my life to help me become a better follower of you. O Lord, if by learning your truths and your ways, I must endure suffering of some kind, help me to bear it with joy knowing that knowing you is more valuable than the pleasures of this life, and so that you can also use me as an example to others. Amen. That was a good one. I think Ange, uh, my bud Ange over on the Telegram groups there, he's an admin over there. He's always posting good stuff, and so I think that prayer came from him. So thank you, Ange. I thought it was a good one. Um, yeah, you know, there's a lot of suffering in this world right now, and we have to try to bear it with joy, you know, and... Um, use that to lead others, you know, as an example. So, um, just let everybody know our, our month long vacation wasn't so much of a vacation for me because I've been sick as a dog. Um, I, I got to Germany and the first thing is I had a crazy, um, jet lag for probably about five days and it totally kicks my ass. And, um, then after that, I ended up having some sort of allergic reaction to something that was in Jennifer's mom's house, particularly. And I don't know what it was. I've never had anything like this in my life, but it totally knocked me out. I was like, I had huge breathing problems and I'm still suffering from that. So if you hear my breath is a little bit labored today, it's, I'm still reeling from it. Um, yeah, very strange. Never had anything like that before. It was a few days where I basically didn't sleep. 
And then we got away, you know, away from that environment and I started feeling better. And then I basically got back here and I launched into a sickness, which I'm still dealing with. So anyway, it's been a rough go. It wasn't much. I mean, we had a wonderful time in, in Germany and, and uh, Europe and, and seeing her family and some of her friends and some of my new friends now, too. And um, so it was fantastic. It really was. I'm not complaining at all. Uh, but I've, I've definitely been uh, down and out and sick. And so I'm still dealing with that. And and I got back here and I have uh, we're supposed to you know, we're supposed to be prepping this place for the winter. And um, let's just say I didn't get much done. So I've got a lot of work ahead of me before snowfalls. Let's just say that I got to chop a couple cords of wood and that sort of thing. So hopefully I'll be back at it. So um, just a few things before we get going here. Jeebies. Hi, Jeebs. Hi, Jeebies. Um, this, uh, I, I just hooked up with these guys. It's uh, Matthew Rayner and uh, Mark Rayner, I think, is the is the guys over there. Re a couple of really great guys. I got to thank Ricky V over at Ricky Verandas. I don't know if you know Ricky over there. Um, that's his last name. He runs a show called The Ripple Effect Podcast. I've been on there, I think, one or two times. He's a really great dude, really sweet guy, and he got me hooked up with this uh, company, Content Safe. And so part of my deal is I just have to mention them every time I go live here. So it's not a sponsor or anything like that. Don't worry. Don't the, the Gnostic Church and Academy of Lord Jesus Christ is now sponsored you by Tide Laundry Detergent. Are you looking for squeaky clean whites? No, we're, we don't. We don't do that here at the Gnostic Church. We don't have sponsors, but they're helping me out huge. I, as you guys know, we live out in the middle of freaking nowhere. We live in the shticks, and so, um, so um, am I. Am I good? Am I? Yeah, Europe is screwed. So anyway, um, we live out in the sticks here, so we have really limited internet. And so um, this this video might be a little laggy today. I don't know what's going on, but we have, we don't have the ability to do that. So this company uh, reached out to me and they said, hey, we can get you on these other sites and we can take care of that for you. So I uh, hooked up with them. So this uh, all of this all of these sermons will be available on um, BitChute, Odyssey, and Rumble now. And we're going to still keep a, so, uh, and I don't know if it's going to happen this week or it'll, I don't know, it might be next week or something like that, but um, it is happening. And so if you want to view all of the, the sermons, they will be available on these other uh, channels and I'm, I'm going to keep them up. I'm going to keep the YouTube channel clean because you guys know the issues with YouTube. It's just what we got to do. But if you know you don't want to do YouTube, uh, we, we will be on Rumble, Odyssey, BitChute, and people are trying to get me on Rockfin even though I promised myself I would not do Rockfin. But a bunch of the truthers are like, you got to get on Rockfin, you got to get on Rockfin. And they keep telling me that I got to get on Rockfin. And so I might be doing that as well. So I don't know. We'll see. Um, I've contacted them and they actually got back to me. So I guess I guess we'll see how I'll roll the dice with that one. So thank you to Content Safe for making that happen for me. It's 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 helping me out huge. It really is. So thank you to them. So um, also going to be uh, doing a Flattoberfest. I'll be speaking at Flattoberfest. I haven't been mentioning this that much and I, because I basically totally spaced it because I had a million things on my mind and going. But lots of good people are going to be there. Of course, the wonderful Karen B. Love Karen B. Uh, just just a, uh, I mean, just a pillar in the Flat Earth community has been just awesome for so many years. And she's, she you know puts, puts this on. And I hope she does well with it. I hope she makes money at it. Some people are like, oh, you're just trying to make money. I hope she does because um, she deserves it. So lots of great people are going to be there. Mark Sargent's going to be there. Um, uh, Benjamin Balderson's going to be there. Austin Witsit gets there. Uh, Witsit gets it. Is is it Austin gets it? Witsit something like that. I don't know exactly the channel name, but I don't know if you know this guy. But this guy's a bad mofo. I just caught wind of this guy. I don't know 
a couple months ago or something like that, I was watching some debate channel, like modern day debate or something like that, and they were debating Flat Earth, and this guy is a freaking Zen master on Flat Earth. So hello props to this guy. I can't wait to meet him. Um, and so, yeah, I do believe there's tickets still available. Um, if not, you can go out, you know, and uh, I don't know, um, sell hot dogs or something and tailgate the flat Flattoberfest. But it's going to be great. I can't wait to uh, be there. And I, I do plan on doing a Sunday service. Not there, but probably in the hotel room or something like that. Maybe in our robes or something like that. It'll be real casual kind of thing. Anyway, so if you guys do get a chance, and I, am, I know there's a bunch of people here that uh, do uh, participate in the church. Ben Krupa! Stoked your back, brother. Hope you guys had a blast in Germany. Thank you, Ben Krupa. Uh, rock, yes, yes. Okay, so um, what was I saying? Something. Anyway, I know there's a bunch of people that are, that are uh, you know, participate in this church that are going to be there. So I'm looking forward to meeting you all. So that's that's great. Um, one other, th two other things. Uh, just so you guys know, we do have Bibles uh, and rosary packages. We've got those back in stock. Jennifer's just made probably another five, six rosaries, and so those are for sale. And we will be bringing some of these to the Flattoberfest if anybody wants to get some there. I also just ordered, I think, like 30 books of each of the Pie in the English Alphabet and then Lord Jesus Christ, and we'll be bringing those to Flattoberfest. And, you know, if somebody wants to buy them there, I will sign them and that sort of stuff, and they'll be a little bit cheaper so you don't have to pay shipping and all that sort of stuff. So um, so if you are there, want to buy a book or, you know, gift a book, that's really great. But, yeah, um, what's available on the site right now, Lord Jesus Christ, um, The Alchemical Writings of Claudia Pavonis, The Peacock's Tales, and then Pine English Alphabets Collections, Volume 1 through 3, and those are available. And then as soon as I get back from Flattoberfest, I'm going to hit the ground running and writing the next book. And I wanted it out by Christmas, but I don't that's pushing it. I don't, I don't think I need to push myself that hard, but if it happens, it happens. Um, it's going to be great, though. It's going to be called Scripture in the Stars, and the whole back part of the, the, uh, the book will be basically a reference manual to all the constellations, the myths around the constellations, the etymology, and then not only that, we'll look at, uh, we're going to record um, the asterisms too. So, you know, you have the, the, the keystone and the coffins and, you know, Delphinus and, and Ophiuchus and, um, you know, all that, the beehive and cancer, we'll list all those. So that way, if you do want to learn this stuff, it will be a great reference manual, but then also... It's gonna. We're gonna deconstruct the stories of the Bible today and show how they're astrological. And you can't even, as as I say, you, there's there's just no way. And I'm teaching this from personal experience that you can possibly understand the stories of the Bible unless you bring star study to bear on it. And I, I'm repeating myself and saying that, but I'm just saying that out of personal experience. So if you guys did, ooh, coffee's running through me. Speaking too fast, aren't I? So if you guys did catch the documentary, the last documentary that I just posted, it's only got about 6,000 views, which is freaking criminal. But that's another story. Um, it basically shows how the entire book of Mark, um, as we've gone over here, um, is astrological. And the stories are retellings of the Greco-Roman myths. And you, once you understand this pattern, once you put this in your head, you are going to be able to understand all of these ancient religions. You can go into the Norse stuff. You can go into the Hindu stuff. You can go into some of the Native American, which we'll cover in one of these up, up, you know, upcoming live streams, some of the Native American myths. And you can see that this is exactly what they're doing. So it, it allows you to open the book of the mysteries and start to read it. And that's what this church is all about, is trying to teach that. Because, you know, as I've said, I didn't know this stuff for years. I had to study it and... 
I dedicated myself to my traditions, you know, the Gnosticism, Rosicrucianism, Hermeticism, Freemasonry, you know, all of the things that basically the truth community poo-poos and, and sh sh shuns and all this other stuff, and they don't know jack all. And that's just how it is. So and that's just that's just what it is. There's nothing we can do about that. So we're just going to keep moving ahead. So let's get into it. All right. First, I'm just going to uh, mention a few things um, about the trip, and then we're going to go into some heady symbolism. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show a bunch of different images, and then I'm just going to sort of lightning, lightning round if we can. I'm going to try to make this, expedite this as much as possible, but... Um, show that this, this symbolism all over Germany, a Christian symbolism, and most of it, by the way, is astrological. It was, it was so awesome to go there because I've been to Germany, I've been to Europe twice before um, when I was a young shit kicking little kid, you know, and just swilling beer and, you know, you know, that, that sort of stuff. But this time we went and um, we annoyed the shit out of her family by being like, hey, let's go to another church. <laughs> you guys want to go to a church? Yeah, we want to go to all the churches. That's all we want to do. In fact, Jennifer's friend, Bina, she's like, oh, we're going to go to Prague. What do you guys want to do? I'm like, well, go to the cathedrals? And then she's like, okay, cool, but what do you really want to do? She's like, spend all our time in these cathedrals. That's all we wanted to do. Absolutely fantastic. Absolutely amazing. The, the, the best, besides the food, the best part of the trip and family you know, in case they're listening. It was wonderful to see you all, but the churches, holy shnikes. So um, there's my beautiful wife, and that's in, I think that was in Regensburg, uh, Germany. And there, and it's just this big centerpiece that's just un-freaking real. A lot of this today is going to be, it's like, would you look at this? Could Look at this. I mean, I can you, I, unbelievable. Would you just look at it? So if you're listening at home, it's going to be a lot of that because there's really no words for a lot of this stuff. When you go into these cathedrals, you just do this. You're like, like this. That's, you know, and some of these, because we were on a very German schedule, we were on mom's schedule. God bless her. God bless her. But um, it was like some of these we literally had like five minutes in. And it was absolutely damn criminal because it was just like, holy God, we could spend all day just looking at the paintings and the sculptures and the woodwork and the the artisanry is just, is that a word? It is now. Um, the artistry of, of this was just fantastic. Unbelievable. Um, no words. I'm an author and I'm, I'm tasked. It's sort of my job to like know words and things and there are none. Um... The people that built this stuff were completely, they they had their entire lives were a walking meditation on Christ. They gave everything, all of their, you can tell, all of their time, their artistry, their talent, their intention was put into every square centimeter of these buildings. And it's fantastic. So um, the trip was really, and we'll get into it, the trip was really great. We got to meet our web guy, uh, Susie and William, and we had a wonderful time with them. Absolutely sweet people. Though their dogs are better than all of us, <laughs> their dogs are so sweet. We um, we just we ended up uh, hanging out at this place. They have this place overlooking, so that's their mutts. Um, oh, beautiful, beautiful, wonderful dogs. The sweetest dogs. They just come on. They just lay and they're like, "I'll rub my belly," kind of thing. So this was their. They had this little. Um, a uh, piece of property that they bought that they're sort of like off-grid kind of shack thing and overlooking um, the, there's a river down there. It's overlooking Würzburg uh, or outside of Würzburg there. 
and we got to stay up there and grilled out and had uh, great food and you know had some great german beer and that was one of the highlights it was great meeting you know got to meet my web guy so um and please thank him um you know i wouldn't be able to do this without guys like that and you know when we first started he really you know even today does this stuff for pretty cheap you know if i had to contract this out to some company i wouldn't be able to do it and so he's you know he basically takes a pay cut because he appreciates what we do here and and he sees the value in it and he wants to you know he wants to help the world you know and so so thank thank to you know both of them we had a wonderful time with them so the other thing we had a wonderful time with was the food holy bowls the food was so good I don't know, I, the schnitzel, and we had, I had cordon bleu, and if you see me in the upper left there, that was me eating a half-meter-long brat, and oh my god, and the beer, the frickin' beer was so delicious. The food in America, in case you guys don't know, is dog shit. Pardon my language, I know this is a church service, but it's dog crap. Like, the amount of additives and natural flavors and stuff that they, you know, put in the food is just garbage. And it was one of the first things that we noticed when we got there. Like I started eating, I'm like, this is so clean. Like everything was just super clean, you know? Like even if you looked at the, and you know, we ended up getting like some Heinz ketchup or something that was on one of the tables. And you look at the ingredients and it's like, there's like four things in it or whatever compared to America where it's like high fructose this and acidic this and blah, 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 blah. The FDA is poisoning us. I don't know if you guys know this. Ooh, you know, <laughs> I don't know if Marty's a... Uh, you know, giving you any new information today, right? Any big revelations. But the FDA is, it's the Food and Drug Administration. Those things are not supposed to be together. Food is for health. Drugs are for drugs, right? It's what you do when you're about 20, 25 years old kind of thing. Anyway, the food was fantastic. And, um, the beer was so clean. Like I, there was several times where I was like, "Oh yeah, it's noon. Just have you know this pills here," and you know, and then I would drink from like noon to eight o'clock or whatever, right at night, and not even be buzzed. Not even like maybe a little little bit or something like that. But I mean, if you had two IPAs in America here, next thing you know, you're like, you know, and you feel like shit, and you, you know, your stomach and blah 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 blah. So. So I got back here and it was like, it's like, oh, I don't even want to touch the food or beer. It's like, you know, I think I gained 10 pounds in Germany. And I was like, I was happy to do it. I'm like, let's keep going with this because the food was just so freaking good. So anyway, if you get a chance, go get yourself some schnitzel. Jennifer's mom made schnitzel, uh, Wiener schnitzel. It was like mashed potatoes and, and oh my God, it was so good. So, um, and so now that's inspired Jennifer to make me schnitzel and, uh, we've been buying imported German like brats and things like that. And she's looking at starting to make bread now because it's just, uh, the food was fantastic. So, all right. How we doing here? How many we got watching? 93 watching. Nice. Cool. Thank you all. Quantum Epic. Carrie Li Librarian. Uh, all right. XRP Hitman. Thank you all for being here. I appreciate it. So, um, the other thing too, is that when we basically, they dropped all the restrictions in Germany to go fly there. And that's when we booked tickets. In fact, I was supposed to go hike the Porcupine Mountains with my brother and he and a couple of friends, uh, do like a five day backpack, four or five day backpack. And, uh, we had it planned all year, but as soon as they dropped the restrictions, I was like, I had to drop that and we went because we're like, we're not testing, we're not doing any of that sort of stuff. And as soon as they dropped them, we ordered tickets, 
we got there. We, we were actually thinking about staying an extra week, but we're like, oh, I don't know, because they're talking about new restrictions in October 1st. Sure enough, October 1st hits and they're they're putting restrictions. It's more in masks and testing in areas and stuff like that. So the New World Order is continuing to march on. And that's what that's what uh, our, our big fight is in, in this life. In this age, in this world age that we're dealing with, that's, um, that's our battle. And so take up the sword. Take up the sword of the spirit and take it up and put on your six pieces and do right by God. And not these jack wagons. So um, I'm going to start with this. This is uh, this uh, basically, um, I don't know, metal work thingy that was on the side of some random building building in Germany. By the way, Germany, the, 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 the Christian um, influence there was just insane. Like you could just walk down the street next thing you know, it's like, Oh, that's the 14 stations of the cross and they've got them all. And it's all this amazing, you know, uh, stonework and all this other stuff. And it's like everywhere you look, it's like, Oh, there's a cross. And it's like the influence is so heavy in, in Germany. And it really, it really inspired me and made me like proud, really proud to be a Christian, you know? Um, and doing what we're doing, which, you know, if you would have told me that at 20 years old, I'd be like, what, I'm going to be a Christian preacher? What are you talking about? But, you know, once once you see this sort of stuff and, and how much they cared and how much they understood that, hey, Earth has a purpose. And and they're, the, the people of the world are hiding that purpose. And that purpose is for, you know, a soul to be, you know, fallen from the Empyrean down into matter to find his way back home. And that way back home is Christ. And to see that well understood when, when you when you see art, artistry like this is just, um, it was very inspiring. It, you know, I, I, I said at one point, I was like, I will defend Christianity with my life. I will defend what we're doing here and this understanding of the Bible, a true understanding of the Bible with my life when you see stuff like this, you know? So this is, uh, I, I'm not going to go into this because we've got a lot to cover here, but this, if you see here, it says basically 2 Corinthians 4.14. So I was like, oh, what's 2 Corinthians 4.14? And it's this, and this is a good way to start this. Knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus and shall present us with you. I'll just leave it at that. Pretty good one, huh? All right. So the first thing that Jennifer and I, because, you know, she's been following along. She lives with me. So obviously I rub off on her a little bit. Get your mind out of the gutter. This is a church service. One of the things we noticed a lot was the tetramorph. It was all over. And I'm going to show you all of these are pictures that we took. And there's just random cathedrals or places that we just went, or, you know, walking around or whatever. And it's like, oh, there it is. Oh, there it is again. There it is. And what the tetramorph is, is the four apostles, and they're represented as the four fixed signs of the zodiac. Scorpio, Aquarius, Leo, and Taurus, of course. Um, mystically, Scorpio is also represented as an eagle or a phoenix, and we've covered that. I cover that in the documentary, specifically why. Why St. John is represented as Scorpio um, and also an eagle. We covered all of that, um, if you want to know. But I'm just going to show you all the places that... Once again, how, how in the world are you going to understand any of this unless you bring astrology to bear on it? You can't. That's the point. 
And once you go, this is the thing, was once we were in Germany, we went, you know, it's like, now I have this in my mind. I have it in my heart. I understand this stuff. And now it's like, oh, you can make sense of these illustrations and drawing and drawings and wood carvings and stonework and things like that. It's no longer a mystery. It's like, oh, I know exactly what they're talking about there. And that was, a, that was an amazing thing to experience um, because, like I said, I've been to Europe before. I mean, Jennifer, this was Nuremberg. It's her stomping ground. So she, you know, she walked around this stuff as a kid all the time, shopping and, and all this other stuff. Um, and, you know, now she sees it with new eyes. It's like, oh. It's like, and she was, a lot of times, she was the one pointing out. She's like, oh, there it is again. I'm like, oh, Jesus, I didn't even see that. So the four fixed signs of the Zodiac everywhere. Everywhere. Now, what all these other churches, all the other modern churches, and even they, they poo poo astrology, right? They'll tell you astrology, so that's got nothing to do with the Bible. Example after example after example. Man, lion, bull, eagle. There's another one. And there's another one. And there's another one. Again and again and again. You can it's hard to see there, but on the on the books there you can see they've got the the four fixed signs there. There's the bull, the lion. I'll I'll show this. This is the Shono Bruna, it's the beautiful fountain. I'll show this towards the end of this. Um that's this is pretty awesome. <laughs> I can't wait to show you that because it's like I'll just wait. Uh, there's, there's another one, you know, and look, it's all stone. It's all carved out of stone. I mean, uh, who's doing stuff like this these days? Hardly anybody, you know? So the, 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 the tetramorph all over, all over, um, these cathedrals and paintings. And it was just, you were just inundated by it, you know? And it's so great to know, to actually know what that stuff means now. So, um, so let's talk about some of the symbolism that we encountered. And I'm just going to, yeah, yeah, Eric, see, it's all over. It's crazy. You know, like what in the world do literalists or orthodox people, what in the world do they think it means? Why is St. John represented as a Scorpio? I'm not doing this. This is all over Europe. They're, they're erecting these cathedrals. Right, and they're putting all of this, this, you know, symbolism everywhere. The symbolism's directly tied to the zodiac. What, what does it mean? Well, you can't possibly understand what it means unless you bring astrology to this thing, right? And we'll talk more about that. The speaking of the zodiac, and this is one thing, and I've only got a few uh, images here, but the zodiac was prevalent everywhere we went. Like it, it was, you know, it's like the idea that you're supposed to say, well, no, the, it's got nothing to do with this Bible here. And then you see all of these old artisans and architects and things like that. And it's the, the, the symbols of the Zodiac are plastered everywhere, everywhere. It's like you, everywhere we went, it was like, oh, there's, there's Libra. Oh, there's the, you know, there's the lion again, you know, um, epic, epic, you know. And it's this thing, there's, like I said, there's something about when you study this stuff and intuit it and get to learn it and stuff like that. It, it changes your consciousness. And I don't know how to explain it other than that. That's the purpose of actual religious, you know, religious work is to, is to you know, renew the mind, that sort of thing. And so you see things differently, you know. And with all of these, uh, the, you know, the architecture and the cathedrals and the domes, as they're called, it's, it's really bringing heaven down to earth. And in a, in, a, in a way that makes you just awestruck, 
you know, like I said, you go into these cathedrals and you're just like, what? And what? Uh, you know, it's like William Shakespeare was stumbling over his words because he couldn't, you know, he didn't have a, you know, couldn't think of things to say to explain what it was he was seeing kind of thing. That's, that's the, you know, that's the metaphor. Anyway, rambling a bit. Zodiac was everywhere. This is actually in Prague. Um, but there's, um, and this comes from the Albert Durer Museum, which I'm going to do a whole thing on Albert Durer because that guy, holy man, that guy was an artist. Real artist. Holy Lord. So um, Zodiac everywhere. As you can see, there's, you know, there's uh, Argo Navis there. You know, I mean, you just start picking out all these. There's Hydra. There's your Ursa Major, Ursa Minor. There's Leo. There's, you know, I mean, you just keep going and going and going, obviously. So the Zodiac was obviously... Um, you know, a, a very important part of their everyday life. And in fact, there was one place that's called um, Alberg, and it was in, uh, I think it's in Nuremberg, but it was like the old center of the town. And Alberg means it's basically like Mount of Oil, right? This is essentially what the, the translation was. Um, and the Mount, of, it's the Mount of Olives, right? And the Mount of Olives is where Jesus ascends into heaven. It's literally the pole star. Right, it's this. You know, they th these stories have a place in the heavens, right? And that's the point. And so you can absolutely see where they got the globe. You know, um, th this was just a couple different examples, but you know, basically the celestial sphere of the stars that surrounds us. And we saw countless examples, like you know, I don't want to say countless, but a bunch of different examples of this. And you know, it's like, well, where did they come up with the globe? Oh, I don't know. They just inverted, and that's what they do. They invert everything. Right. So um, there it is. So and, you know, you just see stuff like this. This was in a this is I think this is in Nuremberg. This is this whole like garden area that had these fountains and stuff like that. And it was crazy because all the fountains were squared circles. <laughs> there was like there was a couple of them and you can see and I'll, I'll show it here um, in a bit. Squared circles. Right. The fountains. And then um, all of them were like Greco-Roman characters. Right, so you had like mercury and all this sort of stuff, and they were, you know, um, and then boom, there you go. So what is what is, what is that a reference to? Your entrance back home to God. That's what it's referencing. One of the cathedrals that we went in, and I don't even know which one because there was so many. We we literally went to I think a dozen of them when we were there. Like that's all we were like. Let's go to cathedrals. Let's go to church. Um, if you see this, look at this. Pay attention. Okay. Same thing that they're showing here. They're showing you that angle to where the, the pole star is. So if you go out, and if we ever do some sort of like gathering or anything like that, we'll actually go out at night and do star study, and I'll show you this. So if you just go with your zenith and you go north, right, and you look straight north, and you, you tilt your 23.5 degrees, 23.4, 23.5 degrees, that's going to point to the pole star. Well, look at the top of this cathedral. This was the like the dome of the cathedral. You can see there's that black dot right in the center there. And then they, you know, they could have just, you know, looked up and it's like, oh, the, the dome is perfect. But they angled everything this way, right? You see this? So it's like, well, why would they do that? Like, what are they doing? Well, you got to know your star study. What is that a reference to? The pole star. So you're looking at your zenith. That's your black dot. And then you just go this way. And what is it? That's your angle to the, to the north star, Polaris. So that's, you know, this is the ways that they uh, encoded this. And then if, I think if you see, yeah, you can see around here, um, those are the four fixed signs right there. So there's your, there's your tetramorph. It's all star study.
all of it. So um, the double-headed eagle was everywhere. Uh, was another thing that we saw a lot of and people want to say you know this is one of the funny things so you'll see like the double-headed eagle and you'll see a lot of like truthers and things like that let me say how do you guys hear you guys good <sighs> yeah okay cool um you'll see a lot of truthers see this and it's on the cover of morals and dogma and therefore it's a pre-masonic symbol and therefore it's whatever it is right and this was like this was outside this was outside of the one in prague actually this massive cathedral it's called saint vitus cathedral and you know a uh, double-headed eagle right saw it everywhere okay and this is where i just want to get into some of the symbolism here and hopefully do this sort of rapid fire a little bit but um, there it is, you know, etched in stone and, you know, monuments, these pillars that, you know, everywhere. What is the symbolism of the double-headed eagle? Well, it's ultimately the spiritual process of uniting all things back into one. That there's one God, everything comes from that one source, and all differentiations, hot, cold, left, right, up, down, forward, reverse, man, woman, sun, moon, every opposite that you have in creation you go through the psychological process of bringing them back into one to unify them under the almighty one god this is monotheism and that's what the double-headed eagle is all about it's a mythical creature first off when you see something like that the first thing you have to ask the first thing the questions you start have, that you have to ask in your your mind is like have i ever seen a double-headed eagle before is that a real creature that we've experienced in our world no it's obviously not you know I've, I've, you know, I've been out here many, many times and I've yet to see a flock of double-headed eagles fly down and, you know, no, it's symbolism and it's trying to tell you about your spiritual process. You also have one of the other common themes you'll see there too is, um, well, the, the it'll be holding opposites. A lot of times if it's like a, you know, two different swords or that sort of thing. Um, but then also they have the shield, the shield, where's the shield? It's right in front of your chest. It's, it's the heart, right? And even like a lot of these, some of these shields like at the top one, it's almost like given sort of the heart symbol a little bit. But, you know, and it's of course the crown. That means you're crowned. That means you're anointed. That means you've been Christified, okay? Um, this is the alchemical marriage, you know? Uh, I, don't, I don't see how any of these illustrations have anything to do with actual chemistry, <laughs> right? Look at the top one. This, you know, so this is the hieroscamos, the alchemical marriage, the wedding, Right? Just as, you know, uh, Christ in the church wed and that, that sort of thing. We've, we've covered a bunch of that before. I don't want to talk about that right now. But look at, you know, look at the one on the top right. Um, right? He's, you know, this alchemical wed character. is holding the lion. We'll get to that in just a bit. They're, you know, they're beaten up or they're standing on a dragon. What's that? What's that? You guys know now. You guys know what that dragon is. We'll cover that in just a bit. Draco. Constellation Draco that's revolving around that pole star, which is your entrance back into heaven. Um, no, uh, no opposites. All is one. This is straight from Revelation. Um, and the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon. Didn't need the sun and the moon. Did not need the opposites in Revelation. When you got back to that city of God and you were one with the Lamb, with the Almighty God, what was what was there? Oh, I'm the man and woman and the sun and a moon and yesterday and tomorrow. Nope. For the glory of God did lighten the whole thing, and the Lamb is the light thereof. It had no need for the sun, nor the moon. It also had no need for night, because it was day all day long, and the gates of it shall not be shut at all by day. 
for there shall be no night there. It's all talking about the spiritual process of uniting all things back into one. And it's all over the Bible. So here's some other things that we found within um, uh, Christian cathedrals. There's the Ouroboros. Wait, I thought that was an alchemical hermetic symbol. Well, apparently the Christian architects and engineers and artisans of these cathedrals thought different. So there's your Ouroboros. There's, and what is that? That's Draco. That's a symbol of Draco. It's the it's the constellation that's con, you know continually revolving around that pole star, eating its own tail, right? And then um, on the right there, you had um, some saint or you know um, I forget you know who it is, but uh, he was buried there, and so this was the Ouroboros, and it was you know the years that he was that he lived. And then on top of him is a Schmetterling. It's a it's a butterfly. And why is there a butterfly? What is the butterfly symbolic of? Complete transformation, obviously, right? Complete transformation, going from a caterpillar into a butterfly. You go from this wormy, slimy-like state, right? That's your rough ashlar stone. And then you become the butterfly. And that's the symbolism of it. It's complete transformation, right? I, I, this is this is the thing I've always brought up over the years when when you get like heliocentrists that ask like well well huh, how do how do flat earthers explain the moon and the eclipses and stuff like that I don't have a damn clue I can't tell you why a caterpillar becomes a butterfly either I ain't got the faintest freaking idea all I know is God's at work there and that's pretty much the only thing you can actually say about it it's freaking magic a, a caterpillar becoming a butterfly that's a living miracle that's what it is. You might as well call it a living miracle because it doesn't make any sense, right? So here you have, you know, Christian cathedrals, and what do they do? They've got the Ouroboros there. But that's not in the Bible. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. You just need to know how to read it. Um, on the left there, you see there's that um, devilish character, right? And he's, he's, you know, and you clearly see he's an evil-looking freaking thing. He's got these sort of dragon-like wings and that sort of thing. And he's over top of the Ouroboros. And what what is his pendant? Look at his pendant. He's got the Star of David on there. I don't, I'm, I'm I don't know. You, you might have to help me with the symbolism on that one. I don't know what they're referring to there, but. <laughs> but beyond um, a reference to Judaism, beyond that, what is the six-pointed star? The six-pointed star represents you, represents up, down, left, right, forward, reverse, and where God rests, which is in the center of you. And that's what it represents. And why is that devil having that around his neck? Because he wants to tie you up. That's what the devil is there to do. The devil is there to try to keep you in time. And of course, the devil is not some actual figure with, you know, that's red and has got wings and is carrying around a trident. It's the personification of all the evil of the world, all the evil actions of the world, right? And there, he's got you. He's got that tied around his neck because he wants to keep you tied into the differentiations of time, as opposed to us rising up with the Lamb, with Christ. To eternal life beyond the differentiations and divide and, and divisions of time. This is uh, a, an illustration, or an illustration of um, you know this whatever it is, of art piece of of Christ, and he's holding the lamb, and he's got twelve rays, and I don't know how many times we saw this where the rays right behind Christ, you know, it's the sun, clearly 
you know, just symbolism right in your face, by the way, too. Obviously, a representation of the sun. He's plated with gold, and I'm I'm assuming that's real gold. You know, whether it's gold leaf or actually made of gold, I don't know, but pretty freaking amazing. And so he's holding the lamb, right? And what's the lamb? The lamb is the ram. That's the head. That's the top, right? And our zodiac man. So now he's got the 12 rays of the sun, which is representative of what? The 12 houses of the zodiac. And he's got the lamb. And then look at this. Look at this, right? And he's got this, like, cloth there. Part of that cloth is, if you can see, it's forming a skull. You see that? The two eyes, the nose, and the mouth. Where was Christ resurrected? Golgotha, which means what? The skull. Where is that? Right here. Right here. It's not 2K ago. It's right now. It's right here. And that's what eternality is all about. It's being right here in the now. And so there's, there's that. Um, Atlas, of course. Atlas, the character Atlas, was holds up the sphere of the stars or the world on his shoulders. He's carrying the weight of the world on his shoulders. Highly symbolic there, right? You know, how many of us in our spiritual journey, we feel like we carry the weight of the world? It's like, oh, we have to, you know, it's like we go out and we have to want to change the world, if you will, that sort of stuff. And then we carry the weight and we realize you don't, you're not here to change the world, right? You're here to change yourself. And if enough people change yourself, then, you know, you work towards peace on earth. But there's never going to be peace, total peace on earth. There's going to be golden ages. There's going to be times where, yes, where there's um, the general, um, you know, the humanity in general is, is righteous and virtuous and they hold these things up high and they lead with their heart and they, there's care and stuff like that. But this place does this. That's the purpose of earth. The purpose of Earth is for souls to come down here from the Empyrean to face the ebbs and flows and the ups and downs and the vicissitudes of time. So Earth down here is never going to be quote-unquote fixed. That's not the purpose of Earth. There's never going to be a utopia down here, right? So um, so we've all felt this in our spiritual journey. It's like, you know, oh, I've got to change the world. That's they, they, the, the New World Order sort of people harness this energy and young people too and misdirect it and that sort of thing. So, um, so Atlas, and what is that a reference to? Your Atlas and your Axis bone, it's your spinal column. It's your, it's your you know, I think we know that. Um, I'm not going to go into that. Here's 10 virgins. I don't know if you oh, I, I, bad screenshot there with a blue line sorry uh it's 10 virgins and we we've covered that if you want to go to gnosticacademy.org i've got um i don't know if i've got a particular video on it but i know i covered it before we're basically talking about the um the virgins that five had their lamps full and the other didn't i'll just say that and what is that a reference to you know all all metaphoric language to represent what the ten emanations of God that's put right in front of here. Five and five. Opposites. Mirrors. Okay. Um, how about this one? And this theme was everywhere as well. Six around one. Or six in a central pillar. It was everywhere. Um, I could have just put, I, and I didn't include it in, in this in this uh, um, live stream here, but there was a bunch of, like, there'd be six candles, and then there'd be a central pillar. You know, we even saw the menorah, the menorah that was carved into stone in, in one of the one of the cathedrals, you know, and what is that? That's Kabbalah. That's Kabbalah. That's what it is. Now, if you don't know what Kabbalah is, we'd be like, well, you mean it's devil worship? No, no. It's actually representing 
fundamental mathematical archetypes in which the entire universe has been created, according to Genesis anyway, six resting on seven. There it is. And every, and you can see this, I mean, that's, that's how the cipher's built. That's how this is built. It's one, two, three, four, five, six, and resting on a seven. That's one, two, three, four, five, six, and the, the, the top. And what are the, what are the, you know, they're represented as what? Hearts. Why? Because as we say, it's all about the heart. You can have all the mathematical knowledge of the world. You can have all the knowledge of the stars in the world, and it don't mean jack shit unless you have it in your heart. <clears throat> all seeing eye of God you know, how many, look at this right here. Look, you see this, there's a, on the right there, sorry, it's a bad picture because the, the gold was shining so bright and it couldn't, there's nothing I could do about it. So one thing I didn't even include, sorry, I'm going all over the place. One thing I didn't even include in these pictures is um, a, a lot of the stained glass. The stained glass, I, I, I could have done just a whole, you know, a, a few minutes on that because the stained glass are just unreal. Just, I mean, just the, you know, I don't know how they did it. And, you know, you could, you could see that light was vibrantly shining through it. In fact, there was one cathedral where you could see that the glass, they redid the, the stained glass on the one side and the, the originals were like right next to it. And it looked like dog crap. It was just terrible. You could tell that it was done at a time where, you know, people had lost the, the artistry, the people had lost the, um, you know what I'm trying. You know what I'm trying to say, right? The ability to uh, recreate this stuff. You know, so looking on the right there, look. You see that helmet there. Whenever you see that helmet, that's your helmet of salvation. A lower right there, and look what's coming out of it. This snake-like sort of character on the top. All right, you see that. So, and then what's on top of there? The all-seeing eye of God, and it's a triangle, right? It's a triangle. So, I mean. I think we know enough about if you've been on this channel long enough of, you know, especially with all the, the Gematria stuff and the sacred geometrical stuff that we've covered. Well, there is a reason that the, the all-seeing eye of God is a, is a triangle. Right? How many truthers are like, oh, the all-seeing eye of God, that's a Masonic symbol and stuff. And it's like, I've tried to clarify this for years. It's like, no, Masonry is a conglomeration. It's a library, a compendium of symbolism. So if you see Masons using the Freemasonic square, or the, excuse me, Masons using the all-seeing eye of God in their illustrations and stuff like that, how many of the RV truthers just go full straight retard with that? No, that's a Christian symbol. Not according to me, according to whoever did this magic. Look at it. I mean, just look at, would you look at it? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So, you know, here's, here's another one. What, what do you guys see here? The circle of the sun, right? The circle of the sun. So obviously the sun, the son of God has something to do with this, bursting from the clouds. And then you have the all-seeing eye of God, which is God. What does the all-seeing eye of God mean? What does it mean? It means God watches everything you do, every thought that's in your head, every action you take, every lie you've made, every you know regret you've had. God is seeing everything and he's judging He's, he, you know, he's he's making his list and he's checking it twice and he's going to find out who's naughty and nice kind of thing. That's what the all-seeing eye of God. It's basically the, another way you could explain it would be the, um, oh, the Akashic records kind of thing. Basically that God is watching everything and he has the total memory of everything that goes on down here. There's nowhere you can go where he is not. 
And that's what it represents. And what do you see here? It's six around one again. It's six around one. This is interesting. So this was outside of, uh, um, this was outside, it's a fountain outside of the St. Vitus Cathedral in Prague, right? So this is a straight up Christian cathedral. Everything in this is just uh, just laden with Christian symbolism and Christian art and paintings and woodwork and, you know, they're, they're carving stuff out of marble and freaking granite and it's unbelievable. And there's this fountain that's outside of it. And it's got the four, these four characters, and they're it's Greco-Roman figures. So it's like you would think that there would be some sort of conflict. Like, why is this Greco-Roman stuff outside of my Christian cathedral? Because it's one and the same. It's the same damn myths. Okay, cool. So this was out. This is a, a fountain. It was outside of this Christian cathedral, and you know they didn't recarve this stuff or anything like that. And there was four sides to it. And then it reached up to the top and there was these three lions, which was a representation of the Trinity, these three lions that, and then on the very top of those lions was the double-headed eagle, right? So this is what was outside. Um, there are the four sides and they, it represented, it pointed as far as I could tell, uh, northeast, west, and south. There was a line there. And what were these figures? Well, the figures were Mercury, Vulcan, Neptune, and Hercules, right? Once again, you know, you, you really have to know your astrological symbolism and things like that to make the reference here. Well, what is Mercury? Mercury is, you know, it's the air. Um, Mercury is the, um, uh, uh, represents air. Vulcan represents the fire, right? Neptune, which is the Roman god of rivers, lakes, and seas, represents water. And Hercules, which is clothed in lion skin, represents earth. So basically you had the four directions, northeast, west, and south. And then you had these four Greco-Roman gods, if you will, right, that are celebrated in Hermeticism and alchemy and stuff like that. And what are they? Well, it's, it's earth, air, water, and fire, which are astrological terms, right? I mean, it's not only astrological, but, you know, obviously cardinal fix immutable and earth, air, water, and fire. If you don't know those, you're not going to know jack all about astrology. So, you know, and obviously Neptune, Hercules, Mercury... Those are still upstairs. Those are still constellations in our sky. So that was right outside of a Christian cathedral. And then we had, I don't know, count, I mean, just endless amounts of uh, illustrations, wood carvings, that sort of stuff of St. George or St. Michael. A lot of it was St. Michael, a few St. Georges. I've just, you know, I've just put them into one here. But, um, and what is St. George and St. Michael? Well, they're they're the, you know, if you read the Bible, of course, St. Michael is the dragon slayer, right? He's a dragon slayer. That's what he is. They slay the, you know, and so there's just tons. I mean, you just, it was like, oh, there's another one. Oh, there's another one. There's another one. What do literalists think this is? Was there really a dragon? Why is Draco, or why is a dragon, which is represented as Draco, the constellation Draco, I'll show that in just a second. Why is he fire breathing, flying? Um, and a serpent. Well, he represents earth, air, water, and fire. He breathes fire. He's in the air. So he's flying in the air, which represents air. He's, um, he's well, serpents, they go on both air, uh, excuse me, serpents, like a snake, will go in water and on earth. 
So you have those two right there. But not only that, you also have Draco flying around the pole star in the heavens. And what is the heavens? Well, it's water. It's the waters above and waters below. So Draco, the dragon, is representative of earth, air, water, and fire. That's what the that's what the dragon. Do literalists actually believe that there was dragons that were flying around back in the day and that these, these guys actually slayed them? No, it's a representation of your spiritual journey in the stars and how at some point in your metaphysical you know, journey, you're going to have to go up there and slay that damn dragon and cut its damn head off and take control of, you know, take control of your, your world. And not, in, in this sense, don't let the dragon or the serpent of time take control of you, you know. And so there's, you know, just St. Michael, there's St. There's George on the right there. Um, mainly St. Michael, I saw, you know, most of them, but um, there's one right there on top of a dragon. You'll see the same sort of stuff in once again, in, in um, the alchemical illustrations, look at that one on the left. Look at that. Like, jeez, he's got the flaming sword and he's piercing the dragon and he's, he's saving the woman. That's Andromeda. Or that's, uh, yeah, that's Andromeda. Excuse me. Right? So, look at that. So, and there's, there's Draco. There's, once again, that constellation, the dragon that's, kind of, that's up in the heavens. It's flying. It's breathing fire. Earth, air, water, and fire. It's a conglomeration of those. It's a mythical figure, obviously, and it's circling around that pole star. And that's your entrance home. That's where, that's where Jesus ascended into heaven, right there. Um, once again, let me go back here. Um, the alchemical marriage. Once again, you see the common theme here. The one on the left there, there's a dragon. Uh, on the top there, there's a dragon. Uh, Hermes, Mercury, the Rebus. Uh, a few over, there's another dragon he's standing on. You know, there's a, on the right there, he's standing on a dragon, you know. So they're beating the dragon. Here's, check this one out. So this was the, on the right, that was in the Albert Durer Museum. And look at this, the, the sphere of the earth, if you will. This woman, this is like holding this sort of like chalice, whatever it is. This, And it's got the sphere of the stars. And there's a Ouroboros that's on the top. What's it a reference to, guys? Well, now you know. Now you know. If you've been paying attention to this, uh, you know, these broadcasts, you know. This is no longer mysteries anymore we can we can you, you look at this and be like oh i know exactly what's going on here look at the one on the left you've got mary she's holding jesus right and she's got you know uh, the this the, you know both of them have the once again the shine you know this is um the, the the light of the sun if you will shining behind them of course right so it means they're enlightened and they're standing on the world and there's a dragon wrapping itself around that world. And that dragon's trying to do what? Well, that dragon ultimately is going to try to tempt Jesus, isn't he? He's going to bring him up to a high place where he can show all the kingdoms of heaven. Where do you think he is? Boom. That's where. Right there. So there's your Draco. Right? Um, the other thing is, is this is something that... Um, let me cover this here. So a lot of times you'll see, and I've only got a few pictures of this, but you, we saw a lot of this, where you'll see, once again, wood carvings carved, etched in stone. You'd see these uh, statuettes and things like that that would have keys. 
and they would be holding keys. So on the left there, look at that wood carving. Look at that. That's just one part of that door too. Like who's doing stuff like that today? You you don't get th this wasn't created by slaves or something. You know what I mean? Like you have to care. You have to have all intention and focus on what you're doing. Every little woodcut and carving is, you know, every time you, you know, chisel something out, it's going to have to be with, you know, the utmost care and attention. Unbelievable. So there you have the keys on the top there, and that's the chi row. It's the X and P, which is, you know, expistos, Christos, that, you know, it's the basically the Greek name of God, of Jesus. Um, and the X and P form what? Six-pointed star. Six around one, again, that's what the X and P, once again, all referencing, all referencing to where God exists, and that's within you, Every like all of this stuff. So um, you have the keys. What do these keys represent, guys? What do the keys represent? The keys represent, here you see this, here I'll show you this, boom. The keys represent, so on the left there, he's holding the, he's got scripture in his left hand, and in his right hand, he's got the keys, it's usually a set of keys on the right. It's the same thing. He's got the scripture in his right hand and the keys in his left, right? And he's obviously this is a, some sort of God figure, right? On the left, there's a rooster. Why is there a rooster? Because it represents the sun, the rising of the sun, which is the rising of the light of the sun within you. That's what it represents. So on the left there, you can see he's got the, the it's the three-barred cross, which is a representation of what? Well, it's the Trinity. It's the three becoming one. Those three bars are, are, are on one staff, if you will, right? And not only that, it creates what? Six around one. You got one, two, three, four, five, six, and then on the top is seven. It's a reference to, once again, Kabbalah. Kabbalah. So then you got the keys. So once again, you see these keys here, right? You've got the keys here. What do the keys represent? Well, the keys represent keys to the gates, now this is once again, there's no way you're going to understand this unless you have done your study in astrology. There's two gates that are known in astrology called the Golden Gate and the Silver Gate. And the Golden Gate, why do you think they call it the Golden Gate Bridge? Um, the Golden Gate is represented between Scorpio and Aquarius, or excuse me, Scorpio and Sagittarius. And this is basically, if you take your zodiac, the circle of your zodiac, you'll see that the, the Milky Way, the Milky Way Galaxy... The great rift of stars stretches across the zodiac and it goes to one side and to the other, right? And so one side is, this is where the, you know, your rift, your great rift of stars it hits the zodiac and that's one side and then the other side is the other side of it, right? And this are called, these are called classically and you'll actually find this in art and illustrations and things like that and I should have brought you some more examples, but um, this is the golden gate and the silver gate and the silver gate is once again where the zodiac or excuse me, where the, the, the great rift of stars hits the zodiac on the one side, and that's between Gemini and Taurus, and that's called your silver gate. And then the other side is between Scorpio and Sagittarius, and that's your golden gate. And so you'll actually see um, these keys representing the keys to the gates of these two sides of the zodiac, right? Not only are they representative of that, a lot of times, more often they're not, they're, they're silver and gold. That also represents what? If I said silver and gold to you, what is that representative of? The opposites, right? The sun and the moon, the two most prominent objects in our sky, the things that we actually use to map and track time, the sun and the moon, representative of that. Um, 
It's also representative of what? As you can see here, and you'll see this once again, I've just got a few examples of this, but they're holding keys, and then on the other hand, they're holding scripture. They're holding keys on one in one hand, and in the other hand, they're holding scripture. What is the symbolism up here? What's, what's the symbolism? It's the keys to scripture. This guy is saying to you, he's like, hey, I've got the keys to scripture. Look at this guy on the left. He's looking at you. Okay, and he's saying, look, I'm holding up the keys, and I've got the book in the other hand. And not only that, I've got this big staff, which is any staff, your, your shepherd's crook, your, your cane, your, and whenever you see any, any uh, figure holding that, that's a representation of your spinal column, and that's a light all in, in mystical literature. You'll, you'll just come across that again and again and again and again, which whenever you see a staff, a shepherd's crook, a... Uh, a wand, that sort of thing. It's always representative of your erectness, your, your uprightness, your spinal column, right? And of course, that leads you to your axis and your atlas and 32 and 33. We could talk about that all day long. So he's holding up the keys to scripture. That's what he's doing. He's saying, you're not going to understand this book unless you have the keys to unlock its deeper meanings. That's what's being said there. What are those keys? Not tooting any horns here or anything like that, but that's what we share here at the Gnostic Church and Academy of Lord Jesus Christ. That's what we're sharing. We're sharing the keys to Scripture. We're saying, hey, this thing right here is Kabbalistically written. It actually comes from the tradition that, <laughs> you know, if you ask any rabbi, they're going to tell you, it's like, hey, is this thing written mathematically? Yeah. Not only is it Kabbalistically written, it's astrotheological, it's astrological, right? Unless you embrace and envelop those two things, there's no way you're going to crack this baby open. There's no way you're going to understand the deeper meanings to these stories. So, am I freezing? So, um, am I frozen here? Looks like I am. Andre! Andre! Am I frozen or am I good? Okay, I think I'm good. Right? Okay. Sorry. Let's keep going. So, the keys to scripture, right? The silver and golden gate. Uh, wherever that is. Okay. So there it is. Okay. Once again, so this is another one that we saw. Um, uh, here, let's go here. This, this was on, we went to this um, cemetery and oh, this most ornate cemetery you've ever seen, right? unbelievable like every headstone was just you know this is what you saw so you this one you could see that it caught water right and because it, it was raining and when we went out and saw this and it caught water and so it was like you could see that the, the you know this is obviously jonah and the whale which is an old, old testy story and this is jonah appearing out of the whale the great beast after three days and he, so it's like, you know, whoever designed this was like, oh, this will catch water and then it'll, you know, <laughs> you'll see Jonah coming out of the whale, which is, you know, just incredible. And then on the left there, this was, I think this was in the Albert Durer Museum. No, it wasn't. It was somewhere else. I don't know. Um, but you can see this is just literally a door handle. It looks like it's like a, a carved chess piece or something. Like, look, it wasn't just like, hey, Bob, we need a door handle. Let's just make it a round thing. No, they put, look at the care and attention that they put into a freaking door handle, right? This, just, just these two things alone should give you some insight into where we are in, in our world ages, if you will, 
Do you know what I'm saying? We're at the trough. It's time to dig ourselves out of that, if you will. So, so here's Jonah appearing from the whale. Now, once again, do, do, are we really supposed to believe that Jonah spent three days in the belly of a whale? No, we're going to be reasonable. We're going to be rational. We're going to be logical. And we're going to understand that you can't possibly understand that story unless you bring star study to bear on it. What is Jonah and the whale? And I'll cover this whole thing. We'll actually do the whole, um, the whole you know, chapter on this. I don't think it's very long. So, But there's, there's Jonah and the whale. The whale is noticed, known as the constellation Cetus, and it's it's a pretty you know it's a pretty damn big constellation, and it's right by Pisces. Okay, so you, Aries and Pisces is literally right there. Radinus is the big river, by the way. This this big you know whale type beast kind of thing is up in you know big fish, whatever you want to say, is up in the heavens in the waters of creation. And, you know, so uh, there's, there's, there's your story, right? Requires, does not require you to believe in anything fantastical, outrageous. You don't have to suspend your belief in anything, right? All you have to do is understand exactly what the stories are referencing. And once you understand this, again, when you understand this stuff, then you'll be able to go all throughout Europe and, and all these different places where these absolutely fan... And there's a bunch of these cathedrals in the United States, by the way, too, which we we need to spend more time checking out. In fact, my friend Ryan just went to um, St. Louis, and there's a big cathedral there, and it's the same thing. You walk in there, you're like, what in the... Right? Um, when you understand the star patterns... Right, and you put this in your head, and you look at out through, you know, at the world with this. You will see. You'll be. Oh, that's what they're referencing, right? It does not require you to believe in anything outrageous or fantastical or anything like that. So, um, did I just freeze? Oh, okay. Sorry. Um, okay. Marty is such a Gnostic gangster. It's the hat, isn't it? I think so. Did I miss any uh, Super Chats? I've been focusing on here. <sighs> yes. Sacrum, sacred. Yes, Lindsay Chapman. Yes. Yes. We are made in the image of God. Of course, we should look at ourselves and, and you know, be like, oh, this is probably a sacred vessel that we're dealing with here, right? So, okay. Um, I lost some people there. That's okay. So, let's keep going here. Um, the Vesca Pisces illustration. There's Jesus coming out of the Vesca Pisces. Once again, how are you going to understand that unless you bring sacred geometry to it? You're not, right? What is the Vesca Pisces? That is the womb of all creation. And when you make a geometric understanding of the creation of our universe, of the, this world, boom, the first thing you'll come to, and you'll see this all over, once again, uh, you know, uh, religious symbolism, you'll see this all over the world. What is that a reference to? It's the Vesca Pisces, right? Um, this is here. Oh, um, I got this in the wrong order. Shoot. Hopefully I can find this. Oh my God, I'm lagging here. Okay, let's keep going. This was, check this out. So this was in one of the, it's oh, just good. So we went to this cathedral, right? And there was this place where you're supposed to, where you go and you're, you know, it's basically, you're not supposed to take pictures and stuff like that because it's like a prayer room, right? 
And I went in and took pictures anyway. And the reason I did is because if you look on the right, um, you know, you're supposed to respect this area. And this freaking chump, this cardinal, pastor, preacher, whatever the heck he is, father, is wearing a damn mask. Well, you're covering up your Holy Spirit, brother. Your spirit, your breath of life. You're covering it up. And you're listening to a bunch of <clears throat> ruffians tell you about health. So... So there's that. So this room that you were, you know, that you're supposed to, you know, pray in and stuff like that, which I did. I went in and prayed. But there was a, it's called the Holy of Holies is there. And you can even see the Holy of Holies is kept in the Sailor Chapel. Please refrain from sightseeing. However, prayer is a blah, 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 blah. And then I looked and there's this guy and he's wearing a damn mask and it was just unbelievably infuriating. But beyond all that, where is the Holy of Holies kept, guys? It's in a damn cube. It's a cube. <laughs> it's right there. So it's like, so, you know, it's like, you know, when I, I remember talking to like, have this conversation with Brother Augustine, right? And I was bringing up the fact that when you read Revelation, right, 20, it's 2116 and stuff like that. And there was all these ortho bros on there. And they're like, just going full on retard. Pardon my language. But I was like, hey, the cube is referenced in Revelation. It's, it's this... This is a city of God, right? And it's like, it's literally geometrically a cube, right? And one of the church fathers was on the live stream and his responses were, Marty, do you like Ice Cube? Do you go to Cuba? No, I respect the Bible and Christianity, <laughs> right? I understand what, why? Oh, Cuba. Blah, blah, you know, so these people that are poo-pooing Kabbalah, I'll just say this, shame on you. Because apparently the people that constructed this cathedral thought different, did they not? Hmm? Yeah. So, the Holy of Holies, and where is it kept? A cube. And what does the cube represent? The six directions of space, and the center point in which God is, where God rests. And what's the Holy of Holies? Check this out. Well, there's uh, on the left there. There's the twelve rays of the Son of God, the Son of God, and um, there's Christ. And you know, look. I mean, look at that carving. It's just amazing. And gold plated or made of gold. I don't even know. But um, what's he holding there? His heart. What's it all about? Is it about your head? Is it about how much you know and how smart you are? As a guy who considers himself somewhat intelligent, I'm here to tell you, I wrote it in my book, I've said it time and time again, you're going to get nowhere unless you have the love of God and the love of humanity in your heart. The love of your fellow man. If you are doing this for your own personal gain, wealth, power, prestige, you're going to get absolutely nowhere. If you want to make discoveries in this world, guess what? No one makes discoveries. God gives you that God gives you that information. When you are ready, when you have prepared yourself and when you have made yourself, you know, your heart, that golden heart, that sacred heart of Christ. When you've done that, then God will grant you. And this is what Kabbalah is all about. It's about receiving. So look at these. How long would it take 
If I decided, I was like, I'm going to make this thing on the left. Give me 28 lifetimes because that's how long it's going to take. Look at this. Would you look at it? I mean, just look at it. So uh, here's a triptych. Check this out. <laughs> look at the intricacy. Was I mean, maybe they had 3D printers back in the day. I don't know. Could be. But if that was not 3D printed and they did this stuff by hand, like manual, like what? What? This, this kind of stuff in every single one of these cathedrals was just, you know, plastered everywhere. You would just go and next thing you know, like, and like I said, a lot of these, a lot of times in some of these cathedrals we had like, you know, a few of them we had like a half hour or something like that, but some of them was like literally about five, 10 minutes, you know, and we did, it was like, you know, you'd pass by and like, I didn't even get a chance to see this thing over here. And that's what would be over there is something like this. You're like, look at the care, the, the intention. Unbelievable. Um, check this out. So there's your, there's God with the triangle again. Oh, are we getting mathy? Getting mathy God, are you? So there's, uh, what is that? Obviously that's the Trinity. That's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And of course the Holy Ghost is representative of the dove. And, um, you've got God on the right, Jesus on the left. You got the, the, the Holy, the Holy Ghost, um, the dove. And of course the whole process of Kabbalah, the whole process of receiving gifts from God, is is represented by that dove that that you know it's always this this notion that that dove comes down and that's you know gives you basically gives you the you know the the gift of the gift of god which is of course christ but um and so you have this look on the left there so uh, this is there's this figure and he's got his you know her his whatever his arms you know outstretched there and he's obviously in the clouds in the heavens so he's being lifted up into the heavens this guy is anointed this guy is enlightened that's what it's represented that's and so on he's he's literally being carried up by the angels right and i mean is this what is this made out of marble this the crazy thing about this is a lot of this stuff is made out of marble which i think don't quote me but i'm pretty sure marble is is a harder stone than granite right so and it looks like it's freaking carved out of butter it's just unbelievable, unbelievable. And so, what's happening here? The, the, this is the free becoming one. This is the Trinity. This is those past, present, and future, if you will, merging, or it's the past and the the future merging into the eternal presence of Christ. And this is being dropped into this person right now through that dove. Right. So. Incredible. So check this out. Here's a bunch of, uh, I'll just go over this pretty quick, but in this lower right-hand corner there, you see this? It's, it might be hard to see. Let me blow this up here. So first off, the top right there, these are all scenes. Like the, there's Jesus in the manger on the left there, of course. And then you have there, and there says, what, what's this? Didmus and Gestus is the names of the guys that were um, that were flanking Christ when he was crucified. And then what do you have? You have the Tau cross right there. And then Jesus being, you know, you know, laid there on the you know foreground there um that's the tau cross that's the number seven in the cipher by the way so which is pretty interesting but check this one in the lower right hand corner let me blow this baby up here check this out check this out this is god you see this so this oh, I blew it up a little bit too much so this is god check this out and he's laying on the side and he's asleep 
dreaming the world. And outs on from the side of him as he's sleeping is what? The tree of life is emerging from the side of God as he's dreaming asleep, dreaming the world. And who's on? Who's on this tree? What's well, the 12 disciples? And who's on the top there? It's Jesus and Mary. See on the left there, that guy's got a key. So, anyway, awesome, huh? This is that's a stone cut. I want, all right, task. Next week, uh, somebody's got to create this, and you got one week to do it. <laughs> Could you do it? No, you couldn't. There's the dove. The dove was everywhere. Once again, that's that gift. That's that receiving from directly from God. Um, this is unbelievably when you when you recognize that you don't discover anything in the world. You don't make discoveries. God is the one that actually gifts you information, and it's you know symbolized by the dove. What's the dove? We've covered this before. It's the constellation Columba. You actually find Columba and um, Corvus is the other constellation. This is the you right. I mean, the constellations is right from the story of Noah's Ark. What's Noah's Ark? It's Argo Navis. Argo Navis is on the Milky Way, um, the river, the, the river of stars, if you will, the Milky Way. And flanking this big boat is the constellation of Columba, which is the dove, and the constellation of uh, Corvus, which is the which is the raven. And that's what you. That's actually what you'll find in the story of Noah's Ark. So this is actually referencing a specific constellation. In fact, Jonah, when you talk about Jonah and the whale, Jonah, don't quote me this, I'm, this is back of my head, but I'm pretty sure, Jonah actually means peace. And when you talk about peace, it's a representation, of course, of the dove, right? It's always a symbol of peace. And so in the story of Jonah and the whale, you literally have Cetus, which is right there, and then the dove, which is, I'm, I don't know exactly where it is, but it's pretty, pretty close to the, the whale. So you have Jonah in the whale, which is, you know, boom, look up. Look up. So um, the the dove everywhere. And the, the the awesome thing about this is the the symbolism is consistent. It's it, like everywhere we went, you would find the exact same symbols. And once again, like which tells you that it's like they're using the same pattern of the stars. It's the same ones that the Greco-Roman myths are based on. It's the same ones that, you know, the, the Norse myths are based on. Who's Jormungandr in the Norse myth? It's Draco. Who's the, who's the, what's the big cow in the beginning of the, their, their creation story? Well, it's right by the silver gate. It's Taurus, right? In the beginning of the Quran, they, um, there's the second line. First, the first, the first surah is seven, seven verses, seven. And then the next one, you get three letters and it's like cow something. So the, the first thing you come to in the Quran is a cow. And then the first thing you come to in the Norse myth is a cow. Well, we can make sense of this. It's not just a bunch of weirdo people writing some stuff down. It's like, oh, you know, no, no. Okay. So the green, uh, well, the lion, right? So this is, this is something you'll see. You'll see this sort of an alchemy too, like the green lion, which is like eating the sun, which is, um, there, there's, there's a difference in symbolism there a little bit. But what is the lion? We already know the sacred heart of Jesus it's the most important organ of the whole thing, right? In fact, in John, with one John, I think, something, something, where it talks about that circumcision is no longer of the flesh. Circumcision is of the heart. A Jew who is, a Jew is one who is one inwardly, right? So 
uh, in the New Testament, a, a Jew is redefined, okay? So a Jew is redefined specifically by Christ. And it says, um, a Jew who is a Jew who a Jew is one who is a Jew inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart. What is circumcision? You're no longer cutting the tip of your penis off. You're no longer gently mutilating because of some old Hebraic stuff anymore. Christ is like, done with that. Now what are you circumcised? Circumcision, circumscribing. Scission means to cut. Circum means to circle. What are you doing? Circumcision is that of the heart. Circumcision is that of the heart. It means when you cut out all the other nonsense of your world and you go straight to the purity of, the, of your heart, that's where you're going to find the gold. That's where you're going to find the, the treasure, the treasure in your chest. Okay? So, what is the lion? In, uh, Leo is of the heart. That's what it is. That's in your zodiac man, in your anthropocosms. You know, Leo is the heart. And so, what is this symbolism here? These people are in control of their animal natures. They're, they're not being driven by their animal natures. They're, I can take this lion and I'll open his damn mouth. I've got the strength. What is the, the symbolism of the lion? I think we all know it. It's, you know, it's virtue, it's honor, it's strength, it's, it's courage, that sort of stuff. And that's what you have to be in this world. You have to be a warrior, okay? Because as you know, we're dealing with some, <clears throat> some wickedness, aren't we? Some pure wickedness in this world. We'll talk about the, we'll do a live stream too about the nature of evil as well. Um, that sort of thing where evil comes from. So, um, and we see this symbol, you know, by the way, this, these were outside of Christian cathedrals. This is where you found this stuff. All of this stuff was, you know, outside of Christian cathedrals. And then you see the tarot card and it's like, he's literally, it's sort of the same thing, shutting the mouth, the mouth of the lion or opening it. This guy, this, this figure here, which has the infinity symbol on his head, by the way, is, in control of his animal nature. That's what it's representing. And it's the strength card, right? Um, and so there you go, right? So, uh, so you know, once again, most people, most Christians be like, well, a tarot deck, that's all. A cult, something, something, something. It's got nothing to do with my holy bibble. You're really, really wrong. And you and people then then people like then you'll get like paranoia about stuff like this. Like if somebody's like, oh, let's do let's deconstruct the symbolism of the tarot deck, or let's talk about astrology, and then you'll have Christians lose their freaking minds. Well, lose your mind. Oh well. <laughs> There's nothing antithetical here. To studying Christianity, you know, doing deep dives into the Bible and the tarot deck. And we'll actually, like I said, one of the live streams that we'll do coming up, because there's lots and lots of live streams to do, we'll do the tarot deck. It might take two or three episodes because, you know, two or three sermons, but um, lion symbolism everywhere, because it's all about your heart. It's all about strength. It's all about courage. You don't, you don't put on the six pieces of the armor of God and then go, well, I'm going to go cower in the corner. <laughs> So Jennifer's like, uh, this was in a, a couple of the cathedrals as well. She's like, what's that? And I immediately said, that guy's not in control of his animal nature, is he? No. 
His lower animal nature is in control of him, isn't it? It's eating him. You see the difference of the symbolism here? This guy, that's a warrior. That's a warrior of Christ. He's in control of his animal nature. He's got strength. He's got courage. He's got virtue. These guys, ooh, not so much. Not so much. So um, then, of course, the caduceus. This is just one illustration or one um, one of the metalwork that's in Nuremberg. But you can see he's got the 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 on on top of her head. It's you know that's like what would be considered like an Egyptian sort of you know figure. It's like sort of the whatever you want to say the uh, what is that symbol? You know, basically the the circle and the um, my lord. Talk about brain fart. I'm still sick, by the way. Anyway, um, so there's the caduceus. What is that? It's a representation of your your Ida and your Pingala, right? And we've covered if you if you paid attention, that's Hydra and Hydrus in the sky, literally wrapping itself around the the, the pole of the stars. That that's reflected in you. John three fourteen is just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. We all know it, right? What is that staff? Once again, what is the staff? The the you know it's all variations of a theme, by the way, too. The Caduceus, the staff of Hermes, the rod of Asclepius, etc., etc. They're all you know variations on a theme, but that is your spinal column, and that is your serpent, right? On the left there, um, and of course that's representative of the dual the of the dualistic energy. Your your positive and your negative. Your your Adam and Eve. Your man and woman energy that's within you. You were created by a man and a woman, by the way. Right? A man and a woman had to come together to unite in order to create you. Both of their energies had to come together to make you. Right? Okay. So that's the energy. Why is, uh, let me get it, uh, let, me, let me talk about this a second. Why is the energy of your, of your vessel represented as snakes? Anybody? Have you ever uh, left a, like, I actually did this <laughs> one of the first jet. One of the first jobs I had at a sign company. I actually left a um, extension cord plugged in over the weekend, and it ended up curling. Right. So if you actually leave an extension cord plugged into a wall, and it doesn't burn down the place, <laughs> my boss was pissed. But what you'll see is that energy, the the electricity in it, will actually turn and make the you know the the extension cord spiral like serpentine sort of spiral so this is the, the the way that energy travels so when you when you see the snakes that are doing this sort of thing and people you know it's like you see it rife within hinduism and they just give it the terms ida pingala shishumna then you see the exact same symbolism once again rife all over Christian cathedrals, you find it in the Bible. We just said John three fourteen, and then Christians on the No, those are separate things. <laughs> okie dokie, okie freaking dokie. Why? No, why is this? Why is the energy represented by snakes? Because it's the serpentine path of energy. Okay, I mean that's one of the one of the reasons. So, so here you have once again. You know, there's your rod of Asclepius, your, your caduceus, your staff of Hermes, whatever you want to say, right? That's your spinal column. That's the energy going up your spinal column. It's what it's all about. And then on the left there, what do you have? You got a cross coming out of a skull. Well, I mean, I think, once again, if you've been paying attention to this channel and, and this church, we know what that is. We know where Golgotha is. We're not fooled. We know where Christ resurrects. 
We know it. Check this out. So talking about that serpentine path and those two pillars, what do you guys see there? So this is, there was probably half a dozen illustrations of this. Um, or, uh, excuse me, I've got, I had a bunch of more pictures of this, but this is enough to make the point. You, so this was the, you know, you saw this in a bunch of these, you know, outside of a cathedral or inside the cathedral. You had like the main mantelpiece there. And what do you have? I don't know. What does that look like? Serpentine energy and two pillars and they're going up. Look at on the left there. What do you see? It's skulls. You've got the wings of a skull. What is that representative? The resurrection of Christ within you, within Golgotha, within your skull. These people knew exactly what they were doing. And it's so unfortunate that modern Christianity has, you know, the, the, your, your modern Christian will go into this and this won't even make any sense to them. A lot of times they'd probably see the skull and be like, oh, what's that? Uh, death? And blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, that's your path home. That's what it represents. So, check that out, huh? So, um, here's there was this place, and it was, um, it was. I think this was in outside of the town Worms. Yeah, it was actually called Worms, um, but it was all of the state symbols for the, the the German states, and so they had all of these. And I had, I took pictures of all of them, but you know, I just figured out I'd show a few here. What do you guys see? Once again. You guys been doing your learning? What do you guys see? What's the top left there? I mean, it seems very pie-ish. It really seems like they're probably referencing geometry there, right? The, to the right there, what do you got? It's, it's a, it's like a, you know, one of the wheels of a ship kind of thing, and so it's a, you're, you're a human in a vessel in, in time, right? In the fluidity of time, waters above, waters below. And it's six around what? One, the central hub. Lower left-hand corner there, what is that? That looks very pineal glandish, doesn't it? Doesn't it? What about the right there? Is it tree of life? Right? So all of these symbols, you know, it's like they have particular meanings. This is what I wanted to show you guys. So this you'll see, and this is once again um, why the, the hand, the alchemical hand of the mystery is so important. 126 watching. Hey, 1.26 is doubling the cube. Um, you'll see this, and I, I could have put a little montage. It's a motherfucking montage together of all of the times that we saw this hand signal. So, and you'll see this in paintings and carvings and, and all this sort of thing. And it's doing this, right? And you'll see this. And it's this particular symbol. And it'll be a saint or some, you know, father figure, whatever. And he's doing this. And he's pointing up to the heavens, okay? Now, we do a lot of work with the hands and, the you know, the mathematics of the hands because we're made in the image of God. And we understand that. So, therefore, the mathematics that God put on our hands would be pretty important, huh? Yes. So, what is this a symbol of? Well, first off, it's the Trinity, right? You've got the three pointing up. So it's, you know, three on one hand. So, you know, your, your base understanding of symbolism right there, you'd say, well, it's a representation of the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Ghost, pointing up. What's more here, though? Count the phalanges, right? You have the two fingers that are together here, and that's one, two, three, four, five, six. And then you have the two on the thumb, which are naturally segmented, natu or naturally separate, the thumb is, from the other fingers, right? And that's just how God made our hands. So what do you have here? 
One of the things you can point is 2 and 6, 2 and 6, 2 and 6, 2, 6, 2, 6, right? What do we know in English gematria? Number one, there's 26 letters of the English alphabet. Lord in the cipher is 13 and God is 13, which comes together as 26. Then you have the Tetragrammaton, which is, you know, uh, the holy name of God, Yahivavhi, in there, in the Hebraic cipher, right, which is what? Equals 26. So you have a perfect congruence, perfect, you know, correlation between Lord God, as it's encoded in English Gematria, and literally the name God in Hebrew, 26 and 26. There's also 26 pieces of the cube. So there's 12 lines, 6 faces, and 8 points, right? So... To a layman, this is just, it's just one of the symbols that they used back in the day, right? If you just start applying math to the naturally segmented pieces of your hand, all of a sudden you'll be like, well, maybe they're actually referencing a lot more. Okay? So you'll see tons and tons of paintings and, and once again, wood carvings and stone carvings, and you'll see this particular, you know, hand gesture. Well... You, you'll have to apply a little bit of math in order to get to understand the deeper meaning of it. Okay, um, check this out. So, what do you guys see here? This was uh, number one. Look at the, it's like, look at that. Is it metal work or whatever? It's all that gold and bronze or whatever it is. I don't know. I don't know. It's way beyond my ability to do any of that stuff. This was the top of one of the domes. And you can see if you look straight up there in the, the very top of the dome, right? You see the, the dove there, like an angelic sort of dove. And then you have this sort of scene of, you know, in the heavens, you know, Christ on the cross there. There's a bunch going on. What does it look like, though? Does it look like a big eye? Does it look like the all-seeing eye of God that's watching everything you do? That sees every thought in your head? Every lie you ever made, every stupid thing you ever did, every every stupid thing you ever did that you didn't regret or didn't make good on. Just, you know, absolutely remarkable. You know? And, um, okay, so there's, and this is actually, this is, um, I think, uh, yeah. This is, so there, look, there's more of the, twirling, you know, Ida Pingala, the Hydras Hydra, that sort of thing. Oh, I, this stopped. Oh, there it goes. Oh, this is, here, let me start this again. Let me try this again. Okay. Having issues with my OBS. I need a new computer. That was the other thing that happened. My computer died. And so I'm using this old Mac that I have right now. Look at this place. Once again, there's going to be a lot of just, would you look at it? I mean, just look, I mean, just look at this. Unbelievable. How long did it take to build this thing? How many artisans? How many woodworkers and metallurgists and smiths and masons and painters? All complete, all clearly with walking meditation of Christ. There's, oh, this is, the, this was in Weltenburg, actually. Look at look at that. There's the there's Saint Michael in front there. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So um, the other thing that was unbelievable 
was the church organs. I mean, my freaking Lord. Crazy. Crazy. Look at these organs. <laughs> it's like the... the it's, there's the, sp the spirals once again. Serpentine spirals, you see. Uh, it's just, once again, just no words. And look at that. Look at these. Look at the one on the left there. Like, look at those. I mean, how heavy is that thing? <laughs> it's just, that's mounted on the, it's hard to see because of the, the picture there, but that's mounted on the side of brick, right? And it's like, how heavy is that thing? I mean, it's got to be just like tons and tons. I mean, I have no idea, but just the, you know, those tubes alone. And they're still working. They still play these things. And it's like, but they didn't get approval from the state. They didn't, they didn't get a license and they didn't get signed. You know, how did, how are these things still working and up and, you know, <laughs> up on the side of these cathedrals, right? What did they put in, what did, like, was it like Gorilla Glue? What, what kind of lag bolts did they put in there? And how is it still standing when they didn't get approval from the state? They didn't get a permit or a license from some state engineer that said, this is going to last for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. Like, it, it, like you see these pipe organs and you're just like, what? It looks like, you know, it's like you've got these like modern Steinway like grand pianos that are worth like, you know, that they, they custom build and they're like a quarter million dollars. Those things are like Casio keyboards compared to this shit. Look at this. incredible absolutely incredible all right um and then here so this is the other one so the other consistent thing that we saw so on the left there that's a minor frau that's my wife and she's she's been sick too she's blowing her nose in the next room if you hear um the other thing that was really prevalent was the doors and there were so many of these doors where you could actually see it was like they were big ass doors and then like carved into the big ass door was like a little door. So there was like regular doors for, uh, you know, I'm a Keebler elf. My wife and I are Keebler elves. I don't know if you know that. We make fantastic cookies. We live in a tree house. Pretty short people. So not the best, uh, you know, <laughs> if you're going to like scale these things, her and I are not the best example. But the point is, is that they had like oh, so many of these, and I'm just going to show you a few examples that were like big ass doors and then like little doors carved out of them. And you could see that there was like, you could open the door and it would be a big door. And then there's a little door carved out of them. And so here's a couple other, like there's an example of just like big, huge doors. Like you can see the scale, right? And so it's like a lot of, a, a lot of people question, it's like, well, were these made by bigger people, right? That, you know, it's like same sort of basically makeup of human beings, but, you know, during a different world age or something like that, you know, was there bigger people? I mean, you know, there's giants in the, the, the Bible that are mentioned, there's myths all over the world of, of giants, bigger people. And so, we're, you know, did they make this stuff? It's well, I guess we'll really never know that sort of thing. But I will say this: that there's even places in uh, the United States and stuff like that where the one thing that you'll see is that everything is it seems to be proportionally bigger. Like when we were in um, what was it Columbus, Ohio? Was it? 
we were driving to Flattoberfest last year, and I think it was Columbus, Ohio, but it's like the it was like the main um, government building there. And the one thing you'll notice is that everything is proportionally bigger, right? So it's not just like oh they built big doors. It's like no, the doorways bigger, the blocks are bigger, the steps are bigger, the rooms just are you know they're just proportionally bigger. And then when you, you know, you look at this sort of stuff and the scale of these things, it's like, well, maybe, right? I mean, who knows? We'll never know that. That's pat that's history. And so the one thing about history is it's a mystery. It, it, history will always be history and will any any time people start speculating about history, I I I'll give it my ear, but a lot of times I'll just turn it off because it's just you're just theorizing. You're never going to know. That's part of the mystery of being a human being down here, right? So um, the one reason, so I, as we were literally in like Nuremberg and I was thinking about a lot of this stuff, I turned the corner and they have these paintings on the side of buildings, right? And it's beautiful paintings. And you saw this. Now this could be a, a sketch of David and Goliath and probably is, you know, um, because of the Christian, you know, theme, that sort of thing. But, you know, you look at these cathedrals and like the size of doors and the bricks and stuff like that and you're like, well, that really looks like proportionally to like what we're dealing with here. Like the guy on the left is going through the little door and then there's people like me, which are probably like half his size. And then you look like proportionally, it's like, that's what it, it's like that dude that's that big looks, that's like the size of the doorway. That's this, you know, if like proportionally you say, oh, this guy can make bricks and handle bricks about this big. And the guy on the right can handle bricks about this big kind of thing, you know? So that was just one of the things that we saw. It's just pretty interesting. And then we went with uh, Jennifer's, one of her uh, normie friends that she's, you know, since she's known since she was young. And while we were going through some of these cathedrals and stuff like that, that's one of the things that she just blurted out. She's like, well, maybe people were just bigger back then. And we're like, yeah, probably, you know? Uh, so there's that. But uh, the other thing is that we noticed that some of these cathedrals you could go downstairs and it was clear that the cathedrals were built on older stuff and this is a theme that you'll find uh, like all over the world like you know one of the things that they talk about within like the you know the great pyramid the whole Giza plateau is that you can see that there's stuff that's been you know whether it's mud flooded or covered in sand or whatever you want to say that you know you you dig down and there's older shit there right even Jennifer's brother was basically saying that whenever they do digging around Germany, that they dig down and they'll find older stuff there. And so it's like you can see that these cathedrals were, you know, um, whether it's geomancy or whatever the heck it is, they were built uh, particularly at these places. And there's been a long history of temple building there, you know. And so, and that, like I said, that's very clear when you, you can go into the basement of some of these places and, you know, you still have... The old stonework and stuff there. So pretty crazy. So, how are we doing? Oh, what do we got here? Oh, lovely you are back, Marty and Jen. Eric C., thank you so much. Thank you so much for the support. I appreciate that. Chelsea Chase, welcome. Benjamin D. Crossland, welcome. Mark Brotherson, welcome. Hey, you need... Hey, we like to have moderators here. If you're part of this church, you're a moderator. So, um, all right. So, thank you. Yes. 
but no reason to struggle to open doors. We would never stop building these if we did. Yeah. We are the Giants. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I'm not. I don't take a, any position on that that sort of thing as far as like who built them and that sort of thing because it's like I don't. I it, the other crazy thing is that the cathedrals in Europe, as far as I know, they weren't signed. So think about this. You know, it's one of the reasons I've it actually moved away from. I was actually called a narcissist recently, which is the was like, are you nuts? I don't even put my name on my books anymore. <laughs> I don't even. If you notice. That was one of the things that when somebody it was like I somebody had mentioned it like three or four times that had bought my book. It's like you didn't even put like Lord Jesus Christ by Marty Leeds and a picture of myself on there. Why? Because I, you know who cares, right? You know if it's truth. It's truth, and who who cares who brings it to here? What my stupid name is? You know I'll be forgotten like the rest of history, right? That sort of thing. And so I don't even put my name on my books anymore. I just, it's just not that important to me, you know, like that sort of thing. And so when you see these cathedrals across Europe, it's not like, and then they have a big list of all the artisans that were there. They didn't care, you know, it's like, that's obviously not what it was about. And I think that's awesome, you know, and incredibly humbling too. So, all right, so let's get into, I'm just going to show, I know this is a long live stream, but like I said, I've been gone a month, and so I figured this would be a long one. So I'm going to show um, a bunch of different cathedrals um, that we've been in, uh, that we that we visited. And like I said, we visited probably like 12, and so, uh, you know, it was hard to actually even suss out what, where was, which was what, and what was where, and blah, 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 blah. But, um... So I'll just give you a little tour. Now, obviously, as you, as I've already shown you, the pictures just don't do it justice. Uh, the, the, you know, and I know it's a cliche thing to say, but it's very true. The pictures just don't do it justice. When you go, you know, and we took a boatload of pictures too, an Argo Navis full of pictures. Um, and we took a boatload of pictures and I could have shared more, but you know, it's really one of those things that like, if you get a chance, you need to go to these, right? I mean, when we, we, we plan on going back to Germany next year because we, you know, we want to visit Jennifer's family and that sort of thing. And it's, you know, so we'll see, I guess, what happens with the COVID 2023s or whatever it is. But, um, so we'll see. But when we go back, like, that's what we're going to do. Like, that's the, pretty much the only thing I want to do and drink good beer and eat schnitzel, um, is visit these cathedrals because it's, you know, and I know, like I said, there's a lot of them in the United States. And if you get a chance, go, you know, especially if you're, you know, if you've learned the things that you've learned at this church and in the books and things like that, it's like, you will, you will go with new eyes. You really will. You'll see, um, you know, you'll see. So this was the, this is Strasbourg. This was in France. So we visited, uh, Jennifer's friends, um, and my friends now too. Uh, Catherine and Andreas and they took us they actually live in the the wine country in France and so we you know we went to this awesome freaking uh, brat fest and we went to the folks fest in Nuremberg too and and just ate a bunch of damn good food and so and they took us to France um, just on the border of France and this is as far as I know I believe it's the biggest cathedral in France so it's or it's the biggest cathedral um, in Europe I'm pretty sure so, and would you look at it? I mean, just look at it. Just, would you look at this? A triptych there, you see that? So the front facade is the triptych. So there's the left, there's the right, and then there's that central, the central one that's all referencing the, once again, the past, the future, and the eternal presence of the now. That's the eternal life. You, you 
experience eternal life here on earth in the great moment of the now, right? And so the point is to experience it here, to understand it here, so that when you cross the gates that you will be you will enter into the joy of the Lord, okay? Well, straight up from that, I want you to see this, right? And so first off, I mean, just the intricacy of the artwork, the, the, the stone carving, just get out of town. I mean, what? What? Yeah. Once again, no words. It's just you stand, you stand under this thing and you just stare at it, you know? Luckily, we got to spend a good amount of time in, in this cathedral because we went with friends and we didn't go with family who was on the very German schedule. But anyway, if you look at the central, so you got the triptych right there, right? So you've got that, you know, the doorway in the center there. And you go straight up and what do you have? A squared circle. It's the motif of the, the, the squared circle, right? And so, unbelievable. So this was, um, yeah, this was, there's some video of it. And you can see the scale. This, those are people on the bottom there. All right. And then you just think, so that was just like the one side of it there. And then, you know, and you can see how old it is. I mean, completely antiquated, you know, and they, they fix this thing up all the time, you know, but even still, it's like, you can see this is, there's Andreas and Catherine, wonderful people. We had an absolutely wonderful time. So you can still, you can see they're working on it scaffolding and stuff like that just like incredible um so there's another couple shots of it there's your squared circle you can see and i believe that's 24 one two three four five six. i believe that's uh yeah i don't know i think that's 32 32 around yeah it should be one two three four five six seven eight yeah and then the eight are split into um split in, in two there so that's 32 yeah so there's your squared circle, your 32. Uh, of course, we know the, the you know the power of number 32. Christ equals 32. 32 is also um, uh, a doubling pattern. The divisors of 32 are 1, 2, 4, 8, 16, 32, 64 is the same thing. 1, 2, you know that sort of thing. So um, there's a reference there, which is actually the the pattern of of um, cell division. So when the human being is created in the womb, the patterns of the cells divide, right? It's a, this it's this doubling pattern. So it's a one becomes two, two becomes four, four becomes eight, eight becomes 16, 32, 64, 126, blah, 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 128, excuse me, uh, 128, et cetera, 256, blah, 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 blah. And so this pattern, this fundamental doubling pattern is encoded in the number 32 just naturally. And so then you wonder why 32 becomes so important. Once again, atlas axis bone of your spinal column. So there's that. Um, here's inside the Strasbourg Cathedral. Once again, um, biggest cathedral in Europe, I believe. Don't quote me, I believe. So um, there's there's that there's that pipe organ. It's mounted on this. What? Oh, I, I I need the 14 inch lag bolts and the Gorilla Glue to put what? And then if you look for that looks very much like sort of a skull kind of thing. The front there, if you see that. So, pretty pretty crazy. This is the entrance of the Strasbourg Cathedral here. So, it's, it's pretty busy too. A lot of people there. Stopped and had some good food there. Stopped and uh, Andreas and I had some good beers. It's cool. So. 
Look at this. Just absolutely fantastic. So, and this was the, I believe this was the clock that's inside the Strasbourg Cathedral. And zodiacal all day long so this is the clock that's inside the cathedral and it's just plastered with zodiac signs and symbols and all sorts of stuff in the left hand corner there it's actually the it says deus which is in latin it says god or lord in in greek and then it has the tetragrammaton um in the lower left hand corner there you've got the flanked by the lions there of course what's that a representation it's your heart right strength courage that as well so, Strasbourg Cathedral. Um, this is St. Sebaldus Kirke, I think, is as I say that, in Nuremberg. I'm going to go over some of these fairly quickly because, like I said, you, you pretty much have to, to go there. But you can see, once again, how old is this thing? Still standing, right? I mean, most of the stuff that we build today is going to be down in 100 years, you know, for the most part. Um, so, there's that. Um, there's inside of this place, once again. Just and there's so once again look at the left there that's the pipe organ that's put how did they build it and then crane that thing up there was it giants did they build it in place I mean the amount of questions as to how they even constructed this stuff is just mind numbing you know um, look at that chandelier. You know, and then it's got uh, on the side there, if you can see, those are all like, I think those are all uh, disciples, some apostles, I believe. All, um, you know, these big, you know, stone statuettes that are gold plated and gold leafed and whatever. So absolutely incredible. And um, there, so this is St. Peter's Cathedral in Worms, Worms, Germany. And Worms is where, uh, well, I'll just show you this. So the, uh, once again, just a few illustrations. I just want to show you this stuff. I know this is being a, it's kind of a long live stream. So, um, ooh, 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 sorry, I'm not all things. So. Yeah, these cathedrals are just... So there's that, you know, once again, you see the doors, it's like, oh, there's a regular size door for the Keebler Elves, and then there's the big doors for the big people. So, so this is a cathedral in Worms. Now, Worms is the place where Martin Luther uh, did his famous, like, 95 theses or whatever. This You can see double-headed eagle on the top there. See that? You can see that guy right there. So... Um, and of course they were, you know, th th this was the reformation. This was, you know, basically them, you know, telling the church that you guys are corrupt pieces of shit. That's essentially, you know, if you want to sum it up, that's essentially what's going on. And, you know, Luther is just heralded in this whole area, um, because of, uh, because of the work he did and revitalized Christianity, you know, took it, took it away from the hands of, you know, Satanists essentially, and right now, as far as we can tell, we're back in that position. You know, I don't, th I don't think I need to convince you guys that modern Christianity has completely lost its way. They don't understand their book. They don't understand the connections. They don't understand the symbolism. You know, and they, and the very keys of Scripture they refute. Right. Well, you could tell that during this time, those keys were being brought back. 
you know. So, um, you know, great, great man there. So, and Luther wrote a book um, called On the Ruffians and Their Lies. So that was the last book that he wrote because he was like, these people are not good. They're liars and schemers and racists and supremacists and they need to be called out. So there's that. So this was um, this was in Worms, and it was this statuette, and this is where all of those um, the symbols of the states of Germany were. And so there was this big statue. I don't have a picture of the statue here, but it said, "I was like, baby, what does this what does this say?" And so she um, she translated it, and I think this says says it all. It really says it all. It says, "Whoever understands Christianity rightly." In other words, lots of people consider themselves Christians and they go to the Bible and they blah, 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 blah. But this is very specific and it's saying, whoever understands Christianity rightly, no human charter will be able to take them captive. They are free, not according to the flesh, but according to the conscience. So, and it's interesting because, you know, a lot of things were happening when you look at the, the time period like, 14, well, here, I'll show you this. This was um, Donald Netanyahu, who's a, who's a guy on our Telegram channel. Love the guy. Uh, he shared this. This is the expulsion of the ruffians from, I'm going to call them ruffians from now on, ruffians from Spain. Um, was that, how, that happened in 1492, and that's where the story of America starts. In fact, uh, Henry Ford, he wrote a book called um, The International... Uh, ruffians volume one and two and he actually starts out the book with this basically that the ruffians were the ones that were in command of the slave ships and stuff like that and they were actually expelled and then started coming over here and setting up shop essentially so the expulsion of of the ruffians from spain uh was in 1492 and then the spanish golden age started from 1492 to 1659 i don't know if there's a probably a coincidence. I don't know if the two are related. There's a correlation there. Not exactly sure. But um, it's interesting because a lot of these places you could see that um, that were dated 1500, like all over, you know, a lot of the, you know, because some of the places they were, you know, you could see the paintings or that sort of thing that they were dated. And a lot was going on in this time period where there was absolute resurgence, reformation, that sort of thing that was revitalizing Christianity. And they were, you know, um, and so, and one of the, one of the guys was Albert Dürer and I'll do a whole, um, live stream on him because, sorry, give me a second. Um, I'll do a whole live stream because this guy quickly became my favorite artist of all time. The guy was the shit, obviously an alchemist, obviously he knew uh, al alchemy, hermeticism and his art. I mean, he's heralded in this, this whole area. We went to the Albert Durer museum, which was fantastic. I highly recommend going. Um, I'm not going to show too much, but obviously, you know, this was around that time period too. And it was a resurgence and revitalization of, of Christianity. Cause, and it, it, one of the things they even said there that they, that during this time they rediscovered antiquity and 
you know, when you parallel it to what's going on right now, it's like that seems to be what's going on in the world, that we're rediscovering antiquity. We're looking back at our past and saying, hey, this narrative, this spellcraft that we've been taught our whole life about the history of the earth and what's going on and the linear history, you know, objective record of history is all horse apples. And the things that we're taught about with this thing right here being the Holy Bible, that's nonsense. And we're starting to, you know, once again, rediscover this stuff. And it was obviously going on back then as well. And that's one of the things that they mentioned. So Albert Dreher, so I'm going to do a whole, I ended up, we ended up going into the, after the, the after I went to the museum, we ended up going to the gift shop and we're just like, we spent probably like a half hour in the gift shop and it's just this little one room. And I looked at everything. I was like, I looked at all the, you know, all those paintings and ended up buying a couple books. And so we'll go, I'm gonna, I'll do a whole uh, live stream dedicated to Dreher because the guy was fantastic. Quit, fastly became um, my favorite artist, just just from um, just visiting there. And I also found out that he wrote four, I think, four treaties. And it was the main one is called. Uh, don't quote me, but it's like something on the proportions of the human being using the compass and a straight edge. <laughs> it's like. So it's like Oh, so so he obviously understood, you know, the sacred geometrical aspects of, you know, scripture and obviously, you know, heaven and earth, heaven being a circle, earth being a square, that sort of stuff. Obviously, he understood that, you know, the golden proportion and, you know, that sort of thing. And so anyway, so we'll go over some of his art. Absolutely fantastic. Absolutely. This guy was just next level. Uh, lived at the same time and apparently even vis visited uh, Da Vinci. And so, um, all of his art is just unreal. Um, here, just show some of those. Like, like this, like this, like this. Anyway, let's just get out of town. The guy's just insane. So I'll do a whole live stream on Albert Durer, but that's what was going on during the time. Um, you know, so this was in the, the once again, the Albert Durer Museum. Um, what we got here? Jared Poole. Much love, Marty. Thank you, Jared Poole. Thank you for all the support. I appreciate that. If you guys get a chance, stop on over to Gnostic Academy and become a member. Okay? Um, it helps out. Uh, it's 14 bucks quarterly or 54 for the year, and you can do a one-time payment, and that uh, helps me out. helps keep these things going. So uh, this is, um, and I don't know if this is Albert Drewer that actually did this, but this was, um, you know, illustration of the time. And there you go. There's there's your zodiac. You know, um, is is there a conflict between uh, Christianity and studying the zodiac and understanding that they're absolutely not, according to these geniuses anyway, right? There's Cetus. There's the big whale that Jonah came out of. There's Aradnus. There's your Argo Navis. There's Hydra. All the stuff that we've covered. All the stuff that we found right within the Holy Bible, right? Here's your pole star. There's Draco wrapped around the pole star on the left there. There's Andromeda. There's the point, the point lying at the point of death. There's Triangulum. There's your, of course, your Zodiac, your Leo, your Scorpio, your blah, 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 blah. Right? So it's all over there. So, and then you've got these guys and you look at the four corners there, right? And it's a, these are, I, I don't know who they exactly are, but they're, you know, they're, they're pointing to, you know, the, look at the guy on the left. He's got scripture open and then he's pointing to the stars. He's like, this is a celestial sphere. And then here's scripture. So uh, up, upper right hand corner there, you see, he's got a compasses, 
See that? So these people knew exactly what they were doing. They knew exactly what was going on. Um, this is in Albert Durer Museum. And you can see there's on the left there, there's Hydra, multi-headed beast. And what do we what do we know from the Greco-Roman myths, right? Those those Grecian myths. Oh, you cut cut one of those heads off, it's gonna grow another head. And where did we find that? Oh, we found it in, you know, we, we actually uncovered it in Revelation. So um, his tail drew a third part of the stars of heaven. And what is Hydra? It's a big, it's literally one of the biggest constellations in the sky. I think the biggest constellation in the sky. So there's that. So that was one of the, you know, art pieces that were there. The chandelier. Unbelievable. So, um, and then look on the right here. So this is, this is an Albert Drew Museum. It's um, the metalwork they made. So when you stick the key in to open, you know, to unlock this door, what is it? It's a ram's horns. <laughs> Look at that. So in other words, the key is the ram. Ew, interesting, right? Interesting. So once again, just completely ornate, super beautiful. Um, this is the Frauen, Frauenkirche. I think is how you say that, Frauenkirche. I'm sorry, my German is not very good. I don't even think I have too many pictures of this. Just as, I think I just have the outside of this. Um, but, uh, you know, once again, and they had this like whole, um, area there where you could buy, I ended up having like four brats. <laughs> so good. Anyway, um, the only place that you could walk around with a beer and then you just go into a church with your beer. No one, no one cared. No one was like, oh, it's just, it's totally fine. So we don't, we don't get those luxuries in America here. Um, but, uh, so this was Jennifer's old stomping ground. She used to, you know, when she was young and didn't know any of this stuff and didn't have the consciousness and stuff like that, you just, you know, people would just walk past this church and it's like, oh, it's an old church, you know, kind of thing. And it's really the, a change of consciousness that allows you to, when you see this stuff to, you know, really absorb it, you know, um, once again, zodiacal signs all over the place right there. So... Um, but inside this uh, church, there was, you could see there was all this ornate, just absolutely beautiful stuff. And there was a sign there and it basically talked about how back in the day, um, this was for, what was it? Uh, 13 December, 1349 or something like that. And it was this time and they were commemorating it in this Christian church, which once again, just goes to show you how deluded and how lost so many of these churches are. Um, they were commemorating the fact that 200 or no, 562 Jews were murdered and they were murdered in the financial sector of the town. So in other words, way back in the day, way back in the day, the Jews were dominating finances and obviously people were getting sick and tired of it. And they went and they, a bunch of Christians murdered 562 of these ruffians and so they commemorated this and look at this uh, this thing on the right so it shows the, the star of david there and that's this is the, the art piece that they put up to commemorate this and you can even see it's just garbage it just looks like you know it looks like a kid made that or something like that compared to literally what's right above it where you've got this absolutely ornate you know pillar that and, and you know all this other stuff and so, um, so yeah, they were basically mentioning that way back in the day, they just like, you know, 103 countries or is it 360? I don't know. We don't really know the numbers, but that have ousted the ruffians because of 
how they were interacting with society and how they were once again, supremacists and racists, and they were once you know pushing usury and that sort of stuff. And at some point, people got sick of it, and they killed um, five hundred apparently five hundred sixty-two of them. So those are rookie numbers. We're gonna get those numbers up. Just joking. Just joking. Um, okay, so there's the the Frauenkirche. Amazing. So a bunch of bunch of cathedrals downtown Nuremberg there. Um, this I'm going to look at Bamberg and then Regensburg. And I do want to finish this baby up because I know we're already on two hours. I thank you all for for staying. Um, this was just the that's all I'm going to show in this cathedral here. Um, uh, this was the main piece in the the center of this this church. Wouldn't it be awesome if I was not doing this online and we were all getting together in a church like this? I mean. God bless it. It would be amazing. I would love to hold a church service in, in, in these places. And then we could just go up and be like, oh, look, this is what this, you know, that's what that means up there kind of thing. So once again, I don't, do, I, do I need to actually add commentary here? I don't really think so. What? Unbelievable. You see the dove at the very top there? shining down from on high so incredible so um saint peter's cathedral in regensburg this is another one once again um i'm just going to show you know once again i've got a bunch of pictures of this but i just you know so there's that metal um i think that's metal in the center i don't think it's wood and it's huge cross and then you know like i said i'm not even going to show any pictures of the the stained glass and the stained glass was just ridiculous you know, it's like we've lost the art and how to recreate that today. You know, <clears throat> so, um, all right, I'm going to keep going here. So this is the Hall of Liberation. This is this place in Kelheim. And um, this is inside. I've got these out of order, but uh, this was inside. So that's me. Now, once again, I am a Keebler elf. So, uh, but for scale, just to show how freaking enormous this place was. And the whole thing was built off, um, of course, I did a lot of counting. I usually do that. It's one of the first things I do when I'm in there. I'm like, okay, what's the, you know, what's the mathematical pattern here that I can, you know, extract from this? Um, 16, uh, uh, um, excuse me. The pattern of this was 18, 36, 72. So there's 72 pillars all around the side. So there's actually 36 and there's two. So there was like 72 pillars. And um, the whole thing was um, made to be uh, like, uh, uh, what, what do you want to say? Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, like the acoustical engineering of this place was what was the determining factor of making it. And you just knew that by, once again, there's, me for scale that's on the second this second balcony or whatever and you've got these angels that are all touching their hands and touching the circles there and those angels are made of marble and they're about twice the size of me so and so you can see there's jennifer and i there's the couple keeblers making damn good cookies all right i'll stop with the keebler all jokes and there's uh look look at that that's marble and it's, you know, if you, I, I should, oh, I can't really scroll in, but you could, you could, if you looked really, really close, the, the attention to detail, like every, there was like every little mark was just, oh, I don't even know what to say about it. Just unbelievable. And then I want you to look at the, so that's granite. I'm pretty sure that's granite in the back, um, right there. 
and look at the side. That's a single brick. That's a single brick of granite. Have you guys ever carried like, you know, I did the interior decor of stores and stuff like that. And, you know, I've had a, you know, had them haul granite countertops. It's, just, it's heavy. I remember we, we had to haul this granite countertop and we did this market of choice in Eugene and we had to haul this granite countertop and it wasn't that big, but it was pretty big, but it you know, wasn't, wasn't that, it wasn't this, wait, where is it? it? Wasn't that, right? And we had to haul it up these stairs and it was like 10 dudes to haul this thing. And it was like, oh, and I remember the CEO was watching us. He was there watching us being like, you guys better not drop that shit. <laughs> so anyway, so that's one brick of one pillar. This is the floor. This is the pattern on the floor. You can see. So what do you guys see there? Lots of representation of the sun, obviously, right? Uh, don't, I don't think you have to be too creative to see that. And what do you see? Well, it's number one, 180. That's a 100, 180 degree arc. So there's that. And where do we find 180? That's your triangle. That's the movement of your head left and right. That's the arc that the sun and the moon make over our heads every single day. And what do you see there? Seven rays. Does seven have anything to do with any of this stuff? Yes, obviously. There's the outside of the dome. So, and then they even had uh, this, this sort of, you know, they always have the explanation that they give for this stuff. And then, and it's always horse apples. You know, um, but they had a picture, I don't know when it was, 1890 or something like that. And then they had claimed it was built at some point before that. I forget exactly what the, you know, what it said. But you could tell even in the old picture that it was antiquated back then. So, you know, and this thing is in pristine shape. You know, like uh, the inside of it is just, you know, it's like it's untouched. So unbelievable. And then you could tell, the, the you'll hear in just a second, this place just, boom, you know, it just rang out. And, it, you know, it was obviously made for sound. And so here's, an you know, a sketch of it and stuff like that. And you've you got your, you know, and you could, if you, you know, I don't know. You look at this and you tell me, and you look at like somatics, right? The idea of like sound creating these intricate patterns and stuff like that. That's what it looks like to me, you know? Um, just sort of, you know, it just looks like, I mean, obviously it was made for sound and you'll hear that in just a second, but because the place just echoed, like it would be amazing to go into this place and hear like a choir of, of you, know, a, you know, Christian choir singing or even a bunch of people going, oh, you know? That sort of thing. So this is the inside of this place. And you can, you might not be able to hear too well, but that's just people talking. So there's an all natural lighting and it was bright. It was a cloudy day and it was bright in there. So this, you, know, you look at this place and you're like, you know, hear that just so twin towers that come down with planes can go just, just to just for scale so quite oh that's all right we don't need to look at that um so this is what this and so and and you know it's a lot of the old architecture and stuff and it's super cool so thank you this this is this um ah uh,
It's no good. Um, I'll, because it, um, a new computer cut this thing off, finish it off, and we'll, let's just blame. We're gonna take a chance. Uh, is it? Let's let's do.